2022 done and we fulfilled our new year's resolution we did 52 episodes without missing a week this year so there it is that's right yeah this is the 52nd episode uh, yeah i and didn't actually count them but i guess i'm assuming yeah that there's no weird math in there so 52 uh 52 episodes 52 weeks we didn't miss a week right and this makes this episode 95 hmm. of adult music the oh, podcast you count it that way that's right with music for the mature mind mm. and this is a special episode right where we go back and we're going to review all those 51 episodes. That's adult music episodes 44 to 94. Right. And we're going to talk about uh, the music that stuck with us the most, I guess. Yeah, this is the uh, like the uh, Simpsons Halloween episode where we're just going to do this one special episode every year, the last one of the year. The last one. Yeah, now everybody else's uh, year-end list can't come out earlier, I guess, so you can buy things for Christmas. But of course... We're actually recording today on Christmas Day, aren't we? It's Christmas Day in the mountain lair. In the mountain lair. We're, face we're both to face, here, face to face. Upstairs. That's me, Russ. And me, Mike. And Mrs. Russ is downstairs <laughs> preparing some goodies for us. <laughs> does, she, does, she, does she like that name, Mrs. Russ? Well. I'm going to call her that and I find out. i call her Mrs. Russ. <laughs> and we've already got some... Beers going. If you he hear any, going. if you hear any extra noises, this podcast is a little bit festive, so yeah. uh, we're going to run a little bit loose and free here compared to usual. And there may be some other background noises because there's some helicopters going over the mountain lair today, yeah. and some other sounds. Too. I'm even wearing my festive socks today. Look at that. What color would you say those are? Oh. I'm going to go for umber. Oh, I was going to say rusty. But, <laughs> rusty. It could be rust. <laughs> I don't know. I just I like know. saying umber. I'm not even sure what color umber is, but I just sure. like the, uh, yeah. I like the gonna, sound of it. We're going to uh, have a little feast when we finish this up. We yeah. are. We've got some... Uh, Russ is going to carve the roast beast like the, roast the Grinch beast. did back That's in the right. day. We've got some venison sausages. We've got some uh, yeah. good steaks and uh, other things to go. we got a lot of wine. Yeah. And uh, you brought over some port wine, too. I got some port wine, too. Yeah. That would be nice. It'd be a different kind of... That's right. Christmas this year. Yeah. We've got some uh, Christmas beer. I don't know if listeners know this, but uh, the Belgian Stella Artois beer was originally uh, released to celebrate Christmas. It was a seasonal beer, but now it's, of course, year-round. But right. uh, I still think of it kind of as a Christmas beer. It's got the green bottle with the yeah. kind of white and red label on it. So I think I might have a couple glasses uh, we can use specially for that. I actually have one of those myself with the gold rim on it. They're yeah. really nice. Well, let's see. You know, all we got to do is get through talking about all this music. Now, uh, this is going to be, as I said, we're going to run a little bit loose and free today. And we're not going to go into the detail that we usually do. I guess right. that's our style to go track by track and get deep inside the music. But rather, we'll uh, give our general impressions and memories. And we'll give you the episode uh, numbers and titles if you want to go back and check out those reviews in detail. Uh, you can do it in that way. But as always, uh, we'll provide you with some streaming links in case you want to just listen right away. Now, before we get into everything here, I'll remind everyone that in the episode description for this episode, like all others, 
You can find those links to Spotify and Apple Music for the music we'll discuss. Now, we usually have a full episode playlist on Deezer. I think I'll try to make that. There's going to be a lot of music here yeah. all in one place. I'll do the best I can. Uh, now, Deezer is our favorite CD quality streaming platform from France, although we're going to have a lot of Hyperion recordings yeah. in the classical category, which are not available on streaming. But I'll put the Hyperion links if you want to have hear samples of those and decide if they're uh, worth your purchase. But most of them are, to be honest. Yeah, I'm going to say if you're... Um if you buy um, classical CDs or if you you want to buy any of these on CD, you know, go for the Hyperion ones. They're all going to be worth it. They, you can't get these streaming and you're really missing out. Um, Gramophone Magazine in Britain chose uh, the Chandos label as their um, label of the year this year. And mm-hmm. I'm looking at my list and I don't think I have any <laughs> Chandos oh, recordings okay. on the list. I, I, you know, I can't see any, but I have uh, several Mm. on Hyperion. I think they should have been the label of the year. They're, let's just say our classical label of the year is definitely Hyperion. Yes, I yeah. think so. Yeah. So you can check all those things out. Our podcast also is on Deezer as well as every other platform. If you want to check us out there, you can get the podcast and the recordings in the same place. Just look us up, Adult Music Podcast. Uh, now, wherever you listen to us, if you don't see these links I'm mentioning or things don't come in clear, uh, as it goes through the feeds, sometimes things uh, aren't visually represented the way we want them to be. So you can always come to our host site, podbean.com, P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Everything's clear and easy to follow there. Now, if you enjoy the podcast today, please do follow or subscribe wherever you listen to us. Tell a friend too. Uh, That's the best way to spread uh, people who are interested in this kind of music we talk about. And if you give us a ranking, write a review, that helps us get listed in the browsing category recommendations, and we get more listeners that way too. You can also come over, check us out on our Facebook page. Uh, You get extra info during the week, releases as they come up, I put them up there. We may or may not get to them in an episode, so if you're looking for something new to listen to during the week, you can always get a few excellent new jazz releases or some classical commentary from Mike as well. Hmm. You can leave a message there, comment on Facebook as well, see our handsome faces. And if you want to contact us directly, you can get in touch by email. We'd like to hear from you. Any comments or questions, our email address is adultmusicpodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. And before we get into the program, We're also working with a few other podcasts to share our audiences. Here's a few music-related ones you may be interested in. First of all, we've got Something Came From Baltimore from Tom Gowker. It's not about Baltimore, really. It's a jazz, blues, and R&B interview podcast uh, featuring well-known musicians from around the U.S. Check that out. Also, Famous Interviews in Neon Jazz. That's by Joe Domino. He interviews artists, musicians, and writers. And then we've got Same Difference, two jazz fans, one jazz standards. Uh, Johnny Valenzuela and Tony Habra look at several versions of the same jazz standard each week. They play little snippets from them, uh, discuss the history of the original and the different versions. And you'll find links to all those podcasts at the bottom of the description. And if you stick around to the end of this episode, you can hear their little promo clips so please do check those out yeah i think um last year we we were talking about new year's resolutions coming up um i don't think we're going to make the new year's resolution of 52 episodes next year although we may very well do that but i'm not going to make it a resolution this year last year we knew we would we knew we were going to do it this year but uh we're not as determined last year but nevertheless we might still do it i'm going to make a new year's resolution this year for myself okay i have been um 
I haven't been posting lots of classical stuff on the Facebook page, and this year I'm gonna make sure I do that more. Okay, okay. so I'm gonna make sure I get some videos or even just kind of new classical listings, things that I like, like Russ has been doing that won't necessarily appear yeah. on the podcast, but that nevertheless kind of excite me as far as uh, hearing them go. Right. And that'll include opera because we right. don't talk about opera here because <laughs> it's just too much work <laughs> you know, yeah. hearing an opera like every once in a while. It's just, it would just take too much. You need the text and it's like usually a two or three CD mm. set like two or three hours of your time right. and we we work during the day we would be glad to feature opera if we if this was our full-time job but at the moment it's kind of not really doable yeah yeah, yeah. now uh, a couple of things about uh, the music we're going to talk about today this is the best of what we've already talked about so that's 51 episodes at least six recordings per episode so there's more than 300 recordings there and and i heard more than that oh sure <laughs> you know, yeah. as did you as during did the year too. we just didn't feature them all right. on the podcast so we're kind of just reviewing what we talked about and there are some obvious omissions of music that we really like yeah and we'll get to mentioning those uh, there'll be some overlap with the you know, famous music websites and magazines. Right. But what we hope and expect that anyone who's out there listening to us is, is that you come to listen to us and look at our recommendations every week to find music that's not going to show up anywhere else, but is of equal and sometimes uh, better or more interesting quality content in a lot of ways. Yeah. And uh, that's why we're kind of doing this too, yeah. uh, because no one else seems to keep up with all the releases that come out there. And you see the same names in the awards right. and in the polls. Uh, so you can get a little different perspective you know, from our angle and right. hopefully find something new that you haven't heard yet this year. Right. And I want to say that... Um, we're calling this a best of episode, but it's really, uh, it's not, a, that's not objective. It's just mm. the the music we liked the most that we featured on the podcast this year. Right. So we're not making this all embracing yeah. sort of um, comment that this was the best classical jazz no, album of the year. It's just the one that, the ones that we wound up listening to and liking the most. Yeah. The ones that came back to, uh, to listen to the most and where I had to, where I couldn't decide yeah. between things, I erred on the side of getting some variety. So if I already had... Well, in the shorter list, I did yeah, that. Not in yeah. the in, in the, the longer, longer one. one. I was a little bit more like what okay. I liked. Yeah. And we're going to follow the tradition that we established last year. We're going to do this in the Bizarro method. It's really the Saturnalia method Saturnalia. Where, the, where the servants become the masters and the right. masters the servants. They sort of reverse roles. And what we mean by that is normally mm. Mike picks the classical selections each week and I pick the jazz and we send them to each other, and we may chat a bit about them during the week, but we don't really know what the other one feels about uh, until yeah. we get on the episode. Well, here, I'm taking over the classical picks, so I'll give my 10, and Mike will uh, add on yeah, uh, any add that on I other miss. other ones that I liked. And the then uh, vice versa, Mike will give his jazz picks, and I'll add the additional ones that I really liked. Yeah, because really one of the reasons we do this podcast is we've been turning each other on to the music each other likes exactly. for 20 years now. Yeah. And um, so we're just doing this for all of you now. It's continuation and you're all invited. Yeah, you're all invited now. As a matter of fact, you'd be invited to the lair for uh, yeah. Christmas dinner if, if you, you could around. Uh, be around here. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, classical first, I guess. That's as, right. Because we, we go for the oldest composed right. music first. So I don't know. And these are not in like... Yeah, order of too. worst yeah. to best. What I have them in is in order of chronological episode order. 
Oh, I didn't do that in, oh, okay. in jazz. I did. I'll explain when we get to yeah. it. But you know what I did. Okay. So, as so I this said, is his top ten, and then I'm gonna yeah, you'll fill it out with things right. that I liked. Okay, it'll be more than maybe more than ten. It depends. Right. Okay. And so this is uh, episodes forty-four to ninety-four from this okay. year. We're gonna start out episode forty-eight, which was called "Crafty Complications." Okay, and. Uh, See that was released January thirty first. I think I I have this okay. at the top of my list, and I think I know what it's going to be. You Let's find so. out. It's on Hyperion. Okay, I know what it is. Okay, yeah. <laughs> CPE box sonatas and rondos. Mark Andre Amlam. Yeah. And so, Fantastic. Well, we both like Mark Andre Amlam. I think you introduced me to him years ago. We both really like CPE Bach, and uh, this recording uh, has a lot of things that are new to me. What's the one? Uh, Freer Fantasy? Yeah. I had never heard that. I really liked it. And I thought Amlan draws out uh, Bach's personality. I can recognize it uh, even hearing a lot of these works for the first time. Right. And he strikes a nice balance with his touch on the piano. And I never really wished that I was hearing these on a harpsichord or anything because he has that kind of springy touch. Yeah, well, it doesn't necessarily have to be on a harpsichord because he's yeah. still, um, he's towards Mozart's era more. So right. he could be on that one of those early the pianos. The early pianos, right. Yeah. Anyway, so that one, my right. first pick. Uh, yeah, I picked there. this one. This, this one was at the top of my list okay. actually too because um, C.P.E. Bach, one of the things we love about him, and the thing that turned us both on to C.P.E. Bach was a 2000, I believe, 2012 recording by Andreas Steyer of the uh, five uh, concertos. I just said he doesn't have to be played on the harpsichord, but for mm-hmm. harpsichord. And the thing we loved about that one back in the day was that Steyer really got the um, the uh, the humor mm-hmm. in CPE box music. Now, part of the reason you don't really know CPE box music very well is because it's usually played straight, but there are a lot of little harmonic jokes and, you know, just pauses and slamming on the brakes and just odd chords every, one, every right. once in a while. And Marc-Andre Amelon uh, really knows how to make those register. And this was just a fantastic uh, presentation of uh, CPE Bach uh, keyboard works. They're for the piano on this recording. It's on Hyperion. It's also a double CD. And... Um, that that means there's a lot of it. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I'd listen to it all in one go. It's pretty long, but uh, it, it might be a little bit too much uh, practical joking for your um, yeah. <laughs> for one sitting. Indeed, but really uh, well worth hearing. And not only that, the recording is great. Amon's playing is fantastic. His mm-hmm. sound is well captured. It's just a great album all around. All right, the second one. And this was probably going to surprise you a little mm, bit that I picked out. this, uh, but this is episode fifty. Uh, which we was our anniversary episode, actually. Yeah. And we called it First Anniversary Renaissance Bim. This is also on Hyperion. It's the Florentine Renaissance. Oh, wow. By Orlando Consort. Yeah, I didn't pick this one. Wow, good. So I, wow. I wanted to have at least one vocal, and anyone who listens to us regularly will know that we're both largely instrumental uh you know, pickers in yeah. any category. And, and in fact, I don't have any vocal on my classical okay. list, which is really kind of uh, sad for me. I should have gone yeah. out of my way, but I was being really strict about what I really liked this year. And we did another Josquin recording this year too, but I picked Josquin last year. Right. So I wanted something a little bit different. And so Orlando Consort, yeah, I really like Renaissance uh, early Baroque vocals. I if do I too. I to go for period. Here you've got four mm. male voices, very clear recording, great intonation and enunciation of the material that comes through. 
Uh, I really like the unexpected voice leading that comes through in this right. time period. Uh, I don't know really any of the composers from this period. Uh, the names that appear on here uh, were kind of, well, I should say new. Yeah, they're all they're new. new to yeah, me, but me they're too. from uh, no, for me too. From really, uh, they're uh, specifically the hired by the Medici's at, right. at the time in Florence. And I spent some time in Florence, so I was kind of interested in this. I don't really know much about yeah. the music of the time, so this was a. Yeah. Big discovery for me too. But if you want to uh, hear just pure voice uh, blending, uh, interesting harmonies, hmm. I can really recommend uh, that one. Even oh. I enjoyed that. I think you'll like what I've got coming up then in uh, January, February, in oh, the okay, new year. Great. Some more of this sort of thing. All right. Next, I'm going to jump ahead to episode 64, Menage a Trio. <laughs> <laughs> and this is also on Hyperion. The Leonore Piano Trio, Bargiel oh. Piano Trios um, 1 and 2. Okay. I don't have this one on my list, but I was okay. looking at it. And I was like, ah, but there's another. I'll get to it when we okay. get to it. But yeah. So this one I picked for the surprise factor because I, I had never heard these before, but I thought that they're as good of a romantic trio as any in the time period uh, right. in the big repertoire that comes from there. Uh, they're full of quickly changing emotions. Sweeping themes draw you in romantically. There's a lot of uh, interesting rhythmic things happening. Nice melodies. And the performance is outstanding too. Great tone, passionate. Um, and it's got some really bubbling piano right. uh, things in it too. Yeah, I, I really heard, like these. Yeah. I haven't heard this in a while. I'm going to have to go back to it and listen to it. This is one of the reasons I like doing this episode yeah. so much is it sends me back right. to a lot of these recordings and I just want yeah. to hear it. Yeah, These made a big impression on me. Hmm. All right, next, just a couple episodes after that, episode 66, Keyboard Seasoning. Again, Hyper. <laughs> Stephen Osborne. Oh. Rachmaninoff Piano Sonatas, number yeah, one. I have this one too. And, this was uh, electrifying playing, man. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just to hear him do Rachmaninoff was great. Mm. And uh, the, again, I think here there were a lot of pieces. Uh, although I'm a uh, big Rachmaninoff aficionado that I hadn't heard before as well. Just look at my notes here. I think Piano Sonata Number 1 was on that, and the Moments Musical also. Piano Sonata Number 1, that's right. Which uh, which is really not yeah. played very often, right? right. Uh, what else do we have? Oriental Dance, so these rolling waves right. of sounds. Vespers and Moments Musical. Right. Right. Yeah, just great. And, you know, the way he can really uh, get these waves of sound and right. hammering in those pieces. Uh, and he's a great. Scottish pianist and he gets the Russian idiom. I'm always fascinated yeah. by that. Uh, a few years ago, maybe about five or six years ago, he did um, a record of um, uh, Metner Piano Sonata right. and Rachmaninoff Piano Sonata Number 2, which he sort of uh, wrote an, a new kind of... Yeah, ending to I don't remember exactly what he did, but that was uh, equally um, mm. fascinating. Uh, he he's really great at this. Stephen Osborne is really one of my favorite pianists out there, and uh, there's a new recording of uh, the lighter Debussy piano works that I haven't mm. put on the uh, podcast, but may well do in the new year. Yeah. We'll have to see uh, if de depending on how fast the uh, right. 2023 recordings start coming out. But we'll see. Right. Skip ahead a little bit to the next one, episode 71, A Breeze from Brazil. Oh, wow. Also, Hyperium. And this was uh, 
Jacob Reuven and Omer Mir Velber, mandolin and accordion. Uh, Vivaldi and Piazzolla, the mandolin seasons. Yeah, this is high on my list. Yeah. This was really exciting, this and record. Yeah. Just because this one is so much fun, it's almost one of those recordings that's impossible to not like because of the exuberance mm. and energy. Uh, the mandolin is electrifying. It'll really make you think about Vivaldi in a whole new way. Right. Uh, hearing it done on mandolin. No, there are mandolin concertos by Vivaldi, but these aren't them. This is yeah. the Four Seasons, Four seasons. mandolin. And somehow the combination with Piazzolla, which is hard to sort of yeah. picture in your mind, just works. And the playing is amazing. And the sound on this Hyperion recording is uh, spectacular. Uh, so hmm. it's just a really fun one uh, for me. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that was um, the 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 man. I I need to single out the mandolin playing on this record. It was he was a really fantastic yeah. technique and mm -hmm. just lightning fast playing. And you just don't really hear the mandolin even played like this very right. often. Uh, not to mention that it's just those famous um, Vivaldi uh, Four Seasons works. Yeah. It's it's really great. Next from episode seventy three, heavy hitters, and well, we've done a lot of Ranitsky. This year. Oh, this was a great one. Yeah, I know did, which one it's going to be, too. Yeah, yeah, we did the oboe yeah. concerto, and we did, uh, well, I think four altogether this year. But this one uh, is really dynamic, and I think probably has the greatest chance of, you know, making a big uh, impact on the public right. uh, because of this group uh, performing here. So this is the Paul Ranitsky Symphonies. It's uh, Academy for Alta Music Berlin. And, well, this has got some things we've heard before, but some things uh, that we haven't. We've got a, uh, an overture, uh, Oberon Overture, Symphony in C minor, uh, which has some really explosive, <laughs> dynamic uh, things that leap out in the percussion. Then we get Symphony in D major, and then uh, D minor, La Tempesta. Uh, which we had heard before in a different recording. But these are all just uh, extremely dynamic performances, very enthusiastic. Uh, the, tempo, the tempos are just really engaging and uh, an absolutely fabulous sonics on this recording. And, yeah, uh, the sonics were really yeah. what drew me. Not only that, the energy of the playing as well. Yeah. Um, th this really had, uh, if you remember back in episode 10, which I think most people heard, um, that was the the booze one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the title, yeah. it had a long title. But I had said that it, it's, that, that that first Ranitsky recording that we had did, I had I, I made some comments about how I like um, music to sound. Mm -hmm. And um, it's almost as though this ensemble heard me what I said and just... Yeah, yeah put it all in there. This is really um, yeah. really what I look for yeah. in music. And I really think that um, you had introduced the Ranitsky recording on that one. I mm -hmm. didn't pick it. So, but I think that it, even if we hadn't like talked about Ranitsky and gotten in touch with Daniel, that we would have done this, this one. one I, probably, would have, yeah. I would have found this one because yeah. it's just really fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Really exciting playing. And uh, the dynamics... If you have a really good stereo, and even if you don't, but even so, yeah. if you have a really good stereo, it's just the the, the timpani and things like that yeah. just come booming out of the speakers. It's just fantastic. It's like really good. Yeah, it's like um, it's it's you know how when you watch a horror movie and it's like you know you're you're scared but you're safe. Right. It's it's kind of like you know being in a you know 
old ancient times war situation you're being shot but you're really not <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah you're just being impacted by these sounds mm. it's really fantastic yeah so yeah. if you haven't heard recording. any of the Renitsky, you can start there and uh you do no wrong starting from that point and i think you'll get hooked and you want to hear more of his music yeah i think so um, too really good and i'll recommend a few other uh, recordings by him at the end yeah, but they're not on my. I just want to give a few shout outs at the end. I could have easily put all of the all of them yeah, in I'd because like I like them. But but yeah, yeah, we're picking a top variety. list here. Yeah, and so keeping the variety, jumping into the modern day, going up to episode seventy five. This episode was called "Rags and Other American Riches," and American it is with Peter Boyer, Balance of Power wow. Orchestra Works on Naxos. Yeah. Yeah. That was interesting. It was really uplifting music. And yes. Very, for us Americans, too. The, both of us are Americans. very sort of... Yeah. Uh, it, it's a very American, positive, optimistic right. sort of sound to it. American composer and conductor here, Peter Boyer, conducting the London Symphony Orchestra. Uh, so... Yeah, who didn't write back to us? You should have written to oh, us, yeah. Peter. Peter, listen to this podcast and write to us. I want to hear from you. I've got the other two Naxos CDs now because I like okay. this one too. I didn't put this one on my top okay. list, but I did like it a lot. Yeah. Anyway, to hear you know contemporary new you know new music, uh, this positive sounding, unashamedly American. Uh, the melodies just are endless. He's got a really uh, ear for keen melodies, intriguing orchestrations, and what I always like, tons of brass and percussion in right. the scores. Big fanfares, blasted out the contrast with pastoral themes, uh, nice woodwinds as well. Um, and there's uh, a couple all-string uh, works on there too, and I really like the arranging to get the lushness out of the orchestra. Uh, kind of reminded me of the things I like, like from Vaughn Williams and, right. and that. Uh, and also great sound from Naxos too. Uh, real ear candy America classical recording there. Yeah, I'm going to repeat something that I said on that episode. I think mm. that America's great like gift to the world is our optimism yeah you know and i i really as someone as someone you know living in a foreign country in japan and i've traveled through europe a lot and americans are just we we've got something i i, I don't see this anywhere else right. we just really think we can achieve these yeah. things that seem unachievable whereas other people say oh you'll never do that and i i think this right. music really embodies that so um if mm. you if you really need a lift i think this is really good music right. to listen to okay Going to the uh, two episodes after that, episode 77 was called Poetry Passport. Mm. More variety. Flamenco, Pasado y Presente, Naxos World, Ignacio Lusardi Monteverde. I was looking at this one and I didn't put it on my list. I'm oh, okay. glad you did because I did like it. But, I yeah. wanted to get uh, something different, a little solo guitar. Now, we had done his uh, recording I know you like this artist a lot, as yeah, I do too. And I, I purchased both of these. Uh, here, uh, the one before was sort of incorporating a lot of influences on flamenco from the Silk Road. So mm -hmm. he had uh, yeah. sort of uh, Indian music and uh, mm -hmm. other kind of influences. This one, I th if I remember correctly, was sort of focusing on different uh, forms right. inside flamenco with the different dances. That's right. Yeah. Extensive notes about the history and the different rhythms. It's a nice uh, package. Uh, good instrumentation here. Uh, the guitar sounds fabulous. Uh, yeah. He does the engineering and recording on his. Yeah, he's uh, very good at this as too, well. as he is yeah. as a guitarist as well. Um, the other instruments sound really good as well, and uh, 
excellent quality sound. If you like flamenco music and you want to dig into the history of the different rhythms and dances, uh, check out this and the previous uh, recording as well. I like this one too. And actually, I liked the previous recording better, which is kind of why this one didn't get on. But it's still pretty spectacular. I liked it a lot. I thought this one was a little more... um, I don't even want to say this because you know it, it's it's certainly not academic sounding, but I felt like it kind of took okay. more of an academic approach. So I just like the earlier one better. Mm. But this is highly recommendable. Yes, yeah. it's not academic. Don't yeah. don't no 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 no, no no don't listen to me. Yeah, it's good, <laughs> okay. good sounding. Yeah. All right, ahead to episode eighty-two. What, bon- what, num- what number is this, by the way? Which one? The one you're going to do now. Oh, uh, let's see. I think I have two more. Okay. Yeah. Uh, episode 82, Bon Appetit. Bon Appetit, yes. trombone, right? Yes. Uh, but this is not trombone. This is trumpet. Tomasi Jolivet, others French trumpet concertos. Yeah. Hakan Hardenberger with the Royal Stockholm Philharmonic Orchestra uh, conducted by Fabian Gable. I yeah I have to hear this one again. On, I did like it. I remember. On beasts. I didn't list this one either. We're gonna have like a pretty interesting classical okay. list actually. So, um, coming up, I was a trumpet player uh, when I was young, playing classical music. And at that time, you know, we had Haydn, Hummel, and Hindemith, and right. we didn't get to hear a lot of modern trumpet concertos. And uh, here, uh, I knew the Jolivet for a long time, but he's got some other works that I hadn't heard, and. What really makes this great is a lot of this modern or, well, 20th century trumpet works. They can be cold, angular, Mm. uh, kind of esoteric. He makes them very musical and quite enjoyable. And he has a real palette of trumpet tones and ways of phrasing, flawless technique, uh, always sounding regal with a wonderful tone. And uh, really makes these works sound as good as they can possibly sound, which is quite good and interesting. And uh, it's an excellent sounding recording, as usually is the case on beasts. So if right. you're a trumpet or brass fan and you have you know, maybe a negative image of sort of the more 20th century right. works, uh, this one may bring you over. Yeah, I want to say something about 20th century works in general. We kind of think of it as avant-garde, the 12-tone and dodecaphonic or atonal mm. music. But there was, there was tonal music being written throughout the 20th sure. century you just didn't hear didn't it. To hear it and yeah. now we're getting to hear a lot of it on recording so right. uh uh don't be afraid of the 20th century it was, yeah. there was a lot of good stuff after the war too and this mm. is one of the these compositions are one of them hook and hardenberg is one of the maybe the great um yeah classical trumpet player out yeah. there he's got a fantastic tone and um and and technique and he really gets all of the the styles right really well too so this is highly recommended and it's an SACD if you have the right. equipment for that great sound quality DSD sound all right and my last one here well you know I've got a lot of sort of newer music or kind of interesting takes on older music so I wanted to go with something everyone's heard hundreds of times but I thought this was well worth hearing again episode 83 Beefy Beethoven and big band and beefy Beethoven it is, and which that's one though? the Beethoven Symphony Number no. Two. Yes, that was the yeah. one I would have picked. Okay, okay with good. Brett Dean, okay. uh, BSO Recordings. Yeah. Uh, how do I say this? Bayerisches, Bayerisches Rundfunk. Is that it? Uh, Stadt Orchestra. Stadt Orchestra. Okay. Vladimir, Yurovsky. Bayerisches. That's the uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Brett Dean 
it's not really that uplifting. It's kind of interesting, though. But this Beethoven 2 uh, might just be my new favorite recording. It's uh, great. Recording. It's, it's one of my favorite of Beethoven symphonies. Yeah. That I always say the 7th is my favorite, but I don't know. I like yeah. the 2nd a lot. It's not a cool one to like, but uh, yeah. it's kind of... The performance is stately, yeah. really dynamic, and yeah. a thrilling experience. Yeah. Uh, it was like hearing it again for the first time. So. Yeah, that one's not on my list, but I did, again, like I liked everything that you right. you picked here, and I'm kind of glad that we do this. Yeah, and that's it. There's my 10. There you go. Russ is 10. Now, I've got actually a very different list here. I kind of branched okay. out a bit. Now, for me, the artist of the year is Marc-Andre Amlan, okay. and we already picked his CPE Bach, but I also, I had that, and I also had his William Bolcom, The Complete Rags, oh, okay. um, which is on episode 75, Rags and Other American Riches, from August 8th. Um, it's another double album. And again, Marc-Andre Amlan, just fantastic. Yeah. Tech. We always thought of him as a, um, like a super virtuoso, mm. but he also... He's well, technically he's Canadian. He was born in Quebec, but right. he gets the ragtime form really well and puts these Bolcom works. They're all ragtime works. Bolcom in his notes talks about how this was sort of a, a thing at the time in the sixties right. and seventies, where yeah, the a lot sting of, uh, Americana was yeah. coming back, and they and composers were just composing like these ragtime mm. pieces and sending them to each other in the mail and right. sort of things like that, and. uh Marc-Andre Amlan has recorded them all here, and it's just fantastic. The, the feel is is just great. Uh, you're never going to hear better re- uh, performances of these. I like that. Yeah, I thought I was impressed with his ragtime feel because it's all about those mm. snappy rhythms and you know, sort of getting into that ambiance, bringing back that era, and he did a really good job. The only reason I didn't pick this compared with his uh, the recording is just yeah, you're yeah. you're gonna get really ragged on here there, <laughs> there is a, there's lot, a lot of, of rags time, to go through. Yeah. yeah, it's but it's just such a great yeah. kind it's of it's exhaustive um, uh, and exhausting a bit. Yeah, but yeah, excellent, excellent. It's work, a great yeah. like thing to have like as a catalog right. of these works. Right. Okay, next from a very recent episode. Um, this is uh, oh, by the way, I should mention the Bulkum, of course, is on mm. Hyperion Records once again. Our label of the year. You're not gonna be able to hear this unless you buy it. Yep. Sadly but you can sample it at Hyperion's site. Okay, next um, episode, 94, Something is Swinging in Denmark, which we did oh, just, last just last week. week. Wow. Um, this is uh, Le Frère Franqueur by Théotime Langlois de Swart okay. and Justin mm-hmm. Taylor on the Alpha label. And um, Théotime Langlois de Swart had two really good albums mm-hmm. this year. The other one was um, of Violin Concertos by Vivaldi, Leclerc, and Locatelli. Right. But I chose this one, first of all, because it's very present in my ear. Mm-hmm. And I like... Um, Langlois de Swart in his um, chamber um, mode, let's right. say. Um, in this case, he's playing with another great musician, Justin Taylor, the harpsichordist. And uh, I just loved the way he 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 would sort of take these lines and just sort of, oh, stretch them out and yeah. just accent certain notes. He has a beautiful big tone. I loved what um, Justin Taylor was doing on the harpsichord. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's effectively playing continuo, I think, but he's got all right. these really great arpeggiated ideas. And I just found this so enjoyable all the way through and engaging just because of the creativity of the yeah, violin yeah. playing for what, what really is a printed score. He's really yeah. just kind of taken that printed score and just sort of, there, there are no added notes, mm. but there are sort of just articulations that are just fantastic. So I really liked that a lot. I haven't heard anything of hymns that I don't like. And right. I think I picked The Mad Lover last year as right. one of my favorites. So. Right, um, yeah. yeah. This sweet tone, great phrasing, 
He's got a big um, winning streak mm-hmm. going on the adult music podcast. Yeah, so absolutely. highly recommend it for you Baroque mm-hmm. lovers out there and really anybody. All right, the next one. Now you chose the uh, Bar GL and I was really, I didn't want to choose both, but I, so I went for the other one, okay. the other Hyperion Chamber release we did this right. year. And that's Ferdinand Rees, Piano Trio and Sextets by oh. the Nash Ensemble. Yeah. That was on my list when I had to <laughs> choose. So I went with the Leonore, but the right. Ries, it was between the two of them. So Yeah, this is um yeah, yeah, this was just gigantic mm-hmm. uh, playing really um um again regal right. sort of um playing and the, these yeah. works are almost orchestral in their scope, but mm-hmm. uh and just so beautifully put across on this album. This is on the Hyperion label and it's from episode 80 Chamber Made, which we did on September 12th. Um did I mention? Um, yeah, I did. Okay, I mentioned that one. So that's um, September twelfth, Chambermaid, episode eighty. Okay, next I had Lucy Horsch, Origins. She plays the recorder. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was recent episode eighty-eight, yeah. Horns of Plenty, November seventh. This is. Um, we think of the recorder as being a baroque instrument, mm-hmm. and in fact, Lucy Horsch has um, two recordings um of uh baroque music that she put out before this one this one goes into more 20th century music and applies the uh the recorder in place of the flute in a lot of cases and even the violin mm-hmm. at times and to really great effect she's a very expressive player um and i was really knocked out by her tone and her playing and just the recorder in general in this music it's a lot of fun you know as i think i commented in that episode you know the recorder can sound a bit chirpy mm-hmm. and like grandma's cuckoo clock after a while but yeah. uh, she uses uh, a variety of in- different instruments i think she's you know into the lower range as possible like a tenor recorder or something like that uh, so you get a kind of variety of timbres and uh, range and the arrangements are good and it's generally uh, a lot of fun that recording too uh, so yeah, i enjoyed that too. one as well okay next one is uh hayden hayden uh, 2032 uh, project number 12 Le Jeu et le Plaisir this is by Camera Orchestra Basel Giovanni Antonini conductor on the Alpha label and it's from episode 85 Joy and Meditations on October 17th now hmm. I picked this one this the very first symphony that they do on this um, recording really just knocked me out just the, all the balances and the the winds and just the the way it was all just um uh, you know, performed and uh, recorded just really knocked me out. If you're looking for a Haydn recording, mm. this one's great. This was also the one with the um, the Toy Symphony by um, oh right, Ronnie, right the birds, with the birds, stuff, which was yeah, kind yeah, of annoying. Yeah. But uh, yeah. and not only that, the uh, the very last work, which was called the the worst Haydn Symphony ever. Oh written. yeah, mm. but I the the very first one that they did on this, and I'm kind of quickly trying to look it up. I should have written this down, but. Uh, yeah, I I just the, the opening symphony on the album sixty one really in D major sixty one in yeah. D major yeah this one really knocked me out I just loved the uh, performance and right. the balance and everything about it okay I've got it up now let me just take a look here uh, sixty one yeah that's the one I like the, the worst one ever was supposed to be the sixty nine yeah. the Loudon <laughs> symphony but that was great too it, mm. yeah, but I think it's worth this is worth yeah. it just for that this might this is a highlight in that series the right. Haydn 2032 series I've mentioned before and I'll mention again that if you want to sample only one of that series you want to go for volume four uh, okay I forget what it's called that was from before we started the podcast mm-hmm. <laughs> a long time ago okay next 
Johan Johansson, Drone Mass. Oh, <laughs> I had okay. a, yeah, I liked this a lot. Um, right. It really grew on me too as time went on. This is by the American Contemporary Music Ensemble and Theater of Voices, uh, conducted by Paul Hillier on the Deutsche Grammophon label. It's from episode 61, Mallet Maestros, which we talked about on May 2nd. Now, Johansson recently died, and uh, this, this album, mm. when this album came out, it was sort of a, it was a big deal simply because his his music really hadn't been recorded right. and he died this he died rather tragically mm. so uh we have some of his music here um and i it was atmospheric it was a, it was mm-hmm. really unique and um i really took to it it's sort of um it's not a difficult listen it's um it's a little unusual um it it doesn't make real demands on the intellect and we're really on the ear and there's one track that Russ didn't like i remember that <laughs> that isn't on the cd for some yeah. reason i didn't even hear it <laughs> i should have gone to their website and i actually wrote to deutsche gramophone to find out what the deal with that was and they didn't write back to me oh. so i don't yeah. know but there is a track missing from the cd maybe the cd is the I don't definitive one. I don't. Maybe know. someone else didn't like it either. Maybe <laughs> someone else. They said, "Hey, get this out of here." Anyway, Johan Johansson. I would give that a listen. It's a. It's a. Yeah. Con- I didn't dislike the recording. Yeah. It, it's just very unique. It also incorporates some electronic sounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has very interesting vocals in, you know, a variety of effects mm-hmm. and uh, droning. Right. But it's kind of hypnotizing. Yeah. Um, uh, Good sonic meditative. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it's interesting. It's something completely different. Right. Yeah, so just that one track I didn't like. <laughs> the one with the, <laughs> the I one think I it, didn't hear. I think it had those <laughs> like pitches thing. that were like, oh you know, kind mm. of falls and rises that sort yeah. of made me feel like I was losing my lunch on the way or something. You you can hear that one. That was called the 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 cruelest wind I ever knew or something, yeah, like, something that. like that. But that's yeah. not on the C D for some reason. Right. I'm still waiting for Deutsche Grammophone to get back to me about that. So <laughs> let's see. All right. All right, next I have um, Misislav Weinberg, Symphonies 3 and 7, which we recently heard on the uh, episode 90, mostly made in Germany, November 21st. Okay. Um, this is uh, Symphonies 3 and 7, Flute Concerto Number 1. Marie-Christine Zupanchik plays the flute. Kirill Gerstein on the harpsichord on Symphony 3. Or is, I don't remember... Maybe Symphony 7. Uh, the Deutsche Kammer Philharmonie Bremen, City of Birmingham Symphony Orchestra, uh, conducted by Mirga Garajinte Tila, who is a real up-and-coming conductor. And this is on the Deutsche Gramophone label. Now, Garajinte Tila really made her name on the her previous um, Weinberg um, Symphony recording, which really um, introduced us to this composer's symphonic works. I personally think this one's even better. Um both of the works are very appealing, as is the flute concerto, and uh, I it's it's a little dense, but it's not a difficult listen by any means. Um, I thought these were really enjoyable and really inventive works, and I think you should listen to them. That's what I say. We heard several Weinberg recordings with this one, Symphony Three and B Minor, Opus Forty Five was the most interesting and rewarding Feinberg mm-hmm. I heard until that point. It's also the most melodic and I felt had a real richness in timbres using the whole orchestra. If you haven't heard Weinberg or if you had and thought, well, this is not really my thing. If you haven't heard this one, I would start here yeah, with uh, Symphony 3. Good choice, yeah. It's also, it's not a hard listen, but yeah. it's surprising because it changes and it's quite unpredictable. 
So. Yeah, there's some pretty interesting, uh, a pretty interesting approach to the symphony in these. My next pick, Alberto Hemsey, Chamber Works from last week, episode oh. ninety four. Something wow. is swinging in Denmark, December nineteenth. Um, Arc Ensemble on the Chandos label. So I do have a Chandos recording oh, on my list. Go. I didn't notice this one. Um, this was a real discovery for me. Very appealing works. They're sort of um, Hemsey was. Um, collected Sephardic Jewish music in his uh, lifetime and he applied mm-hmm. it sort of like Bartok did with um, like Hungarian and um, regional sort of folk music in his works. Um, Hemsi um, incorporated Sephardic Jewish um, like harmony and melodies into his works and uh, it's it's a real discovery. His um, orchestration is really spacious um, it's highly appealing all the way through I would say. I'd give this a listen. Yeah. Uh, these are fun to listen to. Quite rhythmic. Lots of variety. As I mentioned, the the arranging is not like, how can I say, dense. Mm-hmm. So you can hear each line well. And the crossing lines made a lot of interesting harmonies for me. Uh, and really interesting use of modes. Right, modes. The, yeah. So you got the Greek Sephardic. modes. You got Sephardic modes. All right. And then I think he also kind of, when he harmonized, you know, and figured out the rest of the arrangements around the modes, he made some really creative harmonic movements with the chords that I found interesting. So I enjoyed that one a lot. Yeah. Okay. One of the highlights of my year is always listening to the. Uh, we got two recordings: the Mozart clarinet concerto. Oh, okay. And mm. this is, I picked um, the one called an album called Flow, by um, Annaline van Wauwe on Bassett clarinet. Now, one of the things I liked about, this is also the MDR Radio Philharmonie conducted by Andrew Manns. It's on the Pentatone label. Episode 62, Karmic Clarinets on May 9th. We even named the episode yes, after this one. We did. Um, now, this is coupled with a, a work called uh, by Vim Hendricks called Sutra. And there were two... Oh, yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> okay, now, there were two... Recordings of the Mozart Clarinet Concerto, both recorded on the Bassett Clarinet. Now, for me, that draws me because the Bassett Clarinet has a lower uh, dynamic range. It can hit these lower bass notes, which, and Mozart wrote the work for that specific instrument. Mm-hmm. So, this is always exciting for me. Um, I remember I have, the, I have this really old recording of this by Thea King, which is still my favorite one. So, but I'm always, if anyone's going to record this on the Bassett Clarinet, I want to hear it. Now, there was this one, and there was the one by. Um, this really uh, one of the the great uh, classical clarinet concerto clarinet players, uh, Michael Collins, who also played right. it on the Bassett clarinet. He coupled his um, recording with Richard Burchall's work, a uh, work by Richard Burchall, which was also a clarinet concerto. Mm-hmm. And we we talked about that one in episode seventy three, heavy hitters, on July twenty fifth. If you want to check that out, right. but I went for the Annalene von Wawa one because I found it. The, the Collins one is probably the more sort of accomplished recording, but the Van Wauwen one, I liked the energy better. Mm. And um, I, it just felt like freer and like she was like kind of exploring or discovering something new. So it really brought the work alive okay. to me. Um, the Hendrix work, Sutra, um, I've got a real interest in Buddhism. So I guess that kind of drew me to this. The work itself, I've heard it a, a few more times and I'm like, eh, it's okay. It's yeah. <laughs> It's got talking in it. Um but I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that it worked for me, but I didn't dislike it really. Um, but hmm. I, I picked this one because I think uh, okay. I liked this performance a lot. I liked the uh, the approach a lot. Right. Okay. 
Next, a one that Russ didn't like very much, I remember. Messiaen, Vent Regards sur l'Enfant Jésus by Bertrand Chamoyou on the piano. This is on the Erato label, and it was on episode 93, Subtle Sonics, on December 12th. This is a spectacular piano recording. Now, it's a difficult uh-huh. work to listen to, um, but it's a great performance of this work. It's going to take some work. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, to listen to it. But I've been doing this work all my life, and I really loved <laughs> this performance. Um, Chama Yu really is um, a great uh, interpreter of, uh, especially now, French piano music. He did a great um, performance of the Ravel piano work some um, years ago, too. And this one's Messian. This this um, version of the Messian, I have three of them. One by uh, Pierre-Laurent Aymar, one by Stephen Osborne, one of my favorite mm. pianists, as we mentioned earlier. And now this one, and I think this one goes to the top of my list as far as um, this work goes. Yeah, <laughs> this was a lot of work for me. It was um, a lot of work, basically. Yeah. I've got, been doing the work for 30 years, though, so I'm okay with it. If you've got a few days in solitary confinement or uh, something like that, and you want to tackle a big uh, project, uh, you can do this. I mean, it's very interesting to try to get to the heart of his sort of harmonic language and figure out everything that's going on. Uh, and you can at least focus on hearing the different themes, uh, yeah. the religious themes, the right. theme of the father and the son and things coming back again. So it's it's worth it. We'll take some investment to get to the heart of this. And you're just listening to it <laughs> to perform and record this two-hour work. Yeah. It must have been... Uh, a real draining. It would be uh, rough to listen to in concert too yeah, for two hours. Yeah. I want to mention my brother uh, said that this um, performance or this work, not the performance, the performance is fantastic. But he said that the work reminded him of when his daughter was uh, two years old and started banging on the piano. <laughs> and um, in a way, though, he's not wrong because yeah. the spirit of play of what is there mm. okay and uh i really feel you know like that children really right, would right. bring to anything sure. and uh i think that um Shamayu captures that really well but to me it doesn't sound like banging though because i kind right. of it sounds like worlds being created <laughs> anyway okay. my last pick sean shiba lost and found episode 87 okay. fall frets october 31st on the pentatone label this is a electric guitar and I thought it was going to be this this really loud, distorted sort of thing. I went into it feeling that, but it was actually a fairly calming record, and I was really um, surprised by that and by his whole approach and the the track, the tunes, the the compositions, I should say, mm. that he chose. So I really enjoyed this and found myself involuntarily listening to it again and again. So I want to recommend that too and let have people listen. Yeah, that one was interesting to me too. It's kind of unusual for him because he possesses, you know, this really flawless technique and we're used to being dazzled by that. But here he goes rather for sound and texture and he incorporates the electronics into it a lot. I didn't dislike it. I was kind of... I I think what drew me to that, I was so surprised by it. Yeah. And in a positive way. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of variety on it. Uh, Some of it you probably won't like. But it moves on no, kind of quickly. <laughs> I, I didn't find some of it terribly interesting, but other parts I found really fascinating. There, uh, there was one work that I can't remember which one it was now, but there was one that I was kind of like, ah, because the one that was like kind of sort of oh, detuning. Yeah, and, that goes through these different. And he, yeah, he's, he's, he's dealing with the tuning yeah. pace. I didn't like that one much, but 
and it, there's the yum itself was some really of it great. that is so synthesized that you m- wouldn't be able to pick out that it's actually guitar and not keyboard. Right. But he's experimenting with different musical ideas rather than focusing, you know, on his guitar pyrotechnics or whatnot. And so it's a kind of exploration. There's actually a kind of um, metal sounding <laughs> right. piece on there, if I remember right. So yeah, yeah something new and different. And right. yeah, guitar players should definitely take a listen to it. And dear listener, those are your cl- adult music classical recordings of the year. This sound yeah. will be the official second segment. Oh, okay. There's a... Is this being recorded now? Beer number two. This, well, yeah, we will. But right, uh, we've right. segued into the jazz segment with the official premium malts opening <laughs> of uh, one of our favorite beers in Japan here, Suntory and, Premium Malts. And what better way to start the jazz section than with a, a beer yes. can opening? Well, I can think of better ways. Yeah, Maybe not a bourbon. Uh, well, we'll finish off the day of with bourbon. that when we get down there. Uh, <laughs> But uh, okay, I turn it over to you and yeah. your picks. I have to tell you, um, this was a very painful process because you only we we've decided earlier on in the podcast that we'd only get ten choices in the right. the opposite person's um because you know not to steal their fire because they're going to add a lot more right. to it. But um, yeah, we want to to do that, and I had to pare back so much because I got to tell you, this was this was Russ's best year of recommendations to me. Oh. Ever. Now, listeners might say, oh, well, you've only had two years. But in fact, we've been recommending recordings to each other for over 20, 20 years, years now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I had so much that I liked this year and um, that I'm just going to keep going back to. Great. All right. So anyway, let's get on with Mike's jazz picks. Mike, Mike's 10 jazz picks. Number one, and this is a pretty predictable one because we both love Catherine Russell so much. Yes. So I picked Send For Me on Dot Time Records. This mm. was from episode 58, The yep. Ladies Sing on April 11th. Now, one of the things I love about her is she she pulls out a lot of old jazz tunes mm. and uh, gets not only a vocal, but her band as well play, performs right. them the way they sounded on these 1940s sort of um, singles except that they're in modern sound and they just exactly. sound so fantastic and she's just such a great singer and that mm-hmm. fits into the style so well now in this particular recording she adds a few sort of more recent sort of styles mm-hmm. like 1960s sort of soul type um, records too it's, it's not right. all as you know older recordings older tunes like she had done in the past but nevertheless I, we just love this artist so much I couldn't keep her off the list although I was thinking about it though because I wanted to get other things on, but I'm hoping you'll you'll mention them. Right. Yeah, that Catherine Russell for me is I guess she's my favorite uh, jazz singer and the one who most deserves to be recognized at this stage in her career. She spent years as a backup singer right. uh, for David Bowie and other artists, and she really didn't, you know become a name for herself until she was almost 60, I believe. And she's found this niche in reviving a lot of these old and forgotten songs. And she's got the great musicians to back her up. And her voice just creates a sense of joy and happiness uh, when she sings. And that comes immediately to you. And uh, every time, every record is just more of the same in the best way possible. Uh, everything sounds 
fresh and new, and this recording was uh, no exception. Yeah. Um, jazz, rhythm, and blues, and uh, an uplifting spirit. You can't go wrong with uh, this. Yeah, I also really enjoyed looking at her um, Facebook page, too. She posts, like, where she goes. Oh, right. Uh, she was in Greece. She was in yeah. Greece earlier this year. I was really, wanted to go back. really envious. Yes. <laughs> really would, would have loved to have gone here there to hear her, but mm. um, not this year. Maybe in the future. Anyway, Catherine wrote, this album is not nominated for a Grammy Award this year, but it yeah. wins our Grammy Award. Let yes. me just tell you that for yeah. Vocal Album of the Year. I really loved Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Number two. Ready for this? Oh, you probably picked this one too. Ankerfeld Santos meets Edu Neves, Cadencia Verde e Amarela on Gateway Music from episode 71, A Breeze from Brazil, mm. July 11th. Yeah, what? just these great Brazilian sounds. A Breeze from Brazil, I think we named it maybe after this recording because yeah. that really sums it up. It's just, it's really beautiful. It's soothing. It's it's a nice sounding recording as well. Um I just liked everything about it, and I heard it quite often this year. Uh, Morton Ankerfeld, he finally, <laughs> he, finally, he finally got in touch with us. <laughs> yeah. And I told him, you know, he, he didn't know who I was because I had bought the CD. It, right. You had to get this from a Danish site. It's not on Amazon or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wrote back, and uh, he didn't know who I was. And he, he said, oh, wait, wait, you're on adult music? Because he was thinking of you because you right. had tried to write to him too. So I had to tell him, yeah, I do the classical side, but right. Russ recommended this to me. So I picked this, and I told him that I was going to recommend this because I really loved the record. So we'll probably be hearing from him again, I guess. I've probably gone back to this one more than any yeah. other recording. It's just mm-hmm. a real magical uh, mixture of music. And Arkenfeld is Danish. And uh, yeah. so another Danish musician, but uh, mm. he's, you know, been recording with uh, Santos, especially a Brazilian musician. And here they've got Edu Neves on Woodwinds. This is a fabulous recording. It, it always sounds magical. It gets Mrs. Russ up dancing every time Does I it really? put it on. Yeah, That's she likes this recording a lot too. <laughs> Mrs. Um, Russ. <laughs> Uh, so Morton uh, yeah uh, excellent job here Uh, this is fabulous check out if you can find them they've got uh, a series of recordings together of Brazilian music but this one is Right. Well, you're two for two so far, but this was right at the top of my. Uh, you know, if list. I ever meet her in public, I can just go up to her and say, "Hi, Mrs. Russ," and see how she reacts. I think that'll yeah. be funny. Anyway, next number three, Helga Plankensteiner, Barry Onda. How awesome was this? This this mm. record it had, <laughs> it had our favorite instruments on it. It totally swung. Um, I should mention also, it's on the uh, Jazz Werkstatt label, and it's from episode sixty, Saxy Ladies, um, April twenty fifth. How awesome was this? Oh, no, oh, I, I just loved it. Yeah, I just mm. about uh, exploded when I found this one. Uh, one of my favorite. It's ones. all like baritone Actually, saxes. It's like a load of them. It's just you know great. What? I, th- yeah. I um. From things I didn't buy this year, mm. I went back and I decided, and also the yen uh, improved this week. Yeah, this week we have a, a, so I have a stronger a, yen, although it's not very strong yet. I have a half dozen uh, recordings arriving today oh, as nice. my own Christmas present, and this is one of them. We're probably going to hear the bell ring on this podcast <laughs> We may, soon. in fact, do that. Yeah. Four Barry Saxes yeah. on one recording. What more could uh, you ask for? Yeah, all led by Helken, Helga Plankenstein, who's actually Italian, yeah. but very north of uh, Italy there. Uh, yeah. Great arrangements, uh, exciting interplay. And these, you know, you think Barry Sachs, how could you have four, you know, behemoth saxophones? But they actually, 
they cover the full range. These players are all the really good, are great, enthusiastic. Yeah. Just so much fun right from the get go. The first track will have you hooked. Uh, a wonderful find. You know, if I wasn't doing this podcast and I wasn't searching for releases that come out every day, this is one that would have slipped. Like, and yeah. you're not going to find this one on any other list, but you should. Uh, definitely hear this uh, yeah, one of the abs- most fun sex releases of the year yeah absolutely hear it another one that both of us really loved right away and uh, there was there's just there was no way i could have left this off the list it was uh jean-marc Foltz and stefan oliva uh, indigo right am i like getting going down your you're list going now? down my list yeah because yeah, we both really loved all of these yeah. um this is on vision fugitive and from episode 55 america abroad and ranitsky releases Way back on March twenty first, um, yeah, this was um what Duke Ellington too. Oh, it was Ellington the, it was the clarinet or the bass bass clarinet, clarinet mostly. Uh, yeah. he does have clarinet on there as well. Yeah, and uh, and piano. That's it. And piano. And uh, they had rec- they had previously done a Gershwin album, so this was all Duke Ellington. And just the whole sound of the just the bass clarinet throughout, like leading, yes. and it fits in so well and. Indigo is a good title for this album. It's, it comes from the Ellington tune Mood mm-hmm. Indigo, but yeah. even so, this there is kind of like a a purpley sound to the bass clarinet yeah. on this too. It's a it's a really atmospheric yeah. record that we really liked. It's sensitive, beautiful. They really explore slowly with unhurried, you know, sort of uh, exploration of these intricate melodies, wonderful harmonies. Uh, yeah, I. I really want to get this one, but I can't find it for a reasonable price. Uh, if I ever it was, do, I will. I yeah. actually splurged on this one oh, back in okay. the day because I, I liked it so much. I was mm-hmm. like, this is just going to disappear from my radar if I don't get it. Yeah. So I It's just, on Vision Fugitive yeah. <laughs> Records. So. Which is probably their label. Yeah, I don't could know. be. Actually, the Gersh, I was looking at the Gershwin record too, and that's also this ridiculously high price. Yeah. Like, how am I going to do this? Mm. Uh, all right, now the next one, I... I was looking at this one and a few others. I was saying, which one can they choose? But these guys actually mentioned us in a in a magazine, so we had to. I felt like I had to pick them, and I did love the record too. Spiral Trio, oh, Broken Blue, on Odra Deck Records, um, episode sixty nine, all Greek to me on June twenty seventh. Yeah, just great playing and. Uh, yeah, really exciting. I th- this is really introduced us along with my next pick. Um, I'll just go on to it. Jaco organ, Jaco oh. organ trio, safe place. Mm. Um, I don't have the label. Is it Jacobo Simeonidis Records? Uh, which, I don't know. Uh, which um, uh, episode are we for? Ja- that one is Des- episode sixty-four. Menage okay, trio, yeah. May twenty-third. Okay. That's on. His, that's a self-release. So it's on self-release. His own label, yeah. yeah, and the but uh, Spiral Trio is on uh, Odredek, which is a very right. interesting uh, label. Yeah, I'm going to give a shout out to um, actually uh, a classical musician who's also on that record yeah. at the end. They have an interesting vetting process, right. which new artists are blind vetted by mm-hmm. previous artists on that label. Yeah. And they don't know who you know that, that is. And so the other artists decide if they're going to be accepted uh, in. But yeah, this hands down, that's on my list as the best... Well, new, okay, new piano let's, talk, trio. let's talk about both of them. The Yako oh, okay. organ trio we heard first. Right. And that introduced us to the whole Greek 
uh, jazz scene. Right. And then we heard the Spiral Trio one. And yeah, I was really just hooked. And we heard other ones too, but I just singled out these two. I love the Yaku organ trio for the um, the, the guitar and organ. Of course, you know, <laughs> Yakovos' is, uh, guitar playing. And just it's another organ, right. um, you know, performance. We yeah. just love organ on this podcast. Absolutely. And this one was not a uh, Hammond B3, apparently. We were hearing a clone. A different, a was, clone yeah. yeah, a different sound. And the Spiral Trio came after that. And I, we just liked what they were doing as well. So. Those two. Yeah, definitely check out uh, Yakovos Simonitis' uh, Safe Place. Mm. Safe this, Place, yeah. yeah. Uh, George Contraforis, the godfather of modern Greek jazz on uh, organ there, as we came to find out, who was also the piano teacher of the piano player for Spiral Trio. But Yakovos has got a really good kind of sense of blues and rhythm. Yeah. Uh, he's got a lot of really nice original tunes on there. If you haven't heard, we've got an interview with him uh, this year too. Right. And we learned a lot about uh, the background of Greek jazz and why for kind of po- political, sociopolitical reasons, mm. uh, jazz kind of skipped a generation uh, but because of educators and uh, education, uh, university, and people like George Contraforis, uh, it's coming back with like millennial and now Gen Z kind of musicians. So I think there's a lot to look forward to uh, in Greek jazz in the future. But uh, a great organ trio, uh, all kinds of grooves, bluesy, those cruising grooves. Right. Uh, Contraforis is a great uh, keyboardist, very interesting drummer on this recording as well, too. Uh, but then, yeah, Spiral Trio is my pick for my favorite piano trio right. this year. Uh, it's all about interplay here. And mm-hmm. the bass has an equal role in the melodic sort of development of what goes on in this trio. There's only one standard on this recording. Uh, the rest is all original. It's completely fresh sounding. Uh, there's a lot to listen to multiple times and really great sound on here too. Uh, yeah, Broken Blue, Older Deck Records. Uh, everyone should hear this. They're getting heard. They're playing around Europe more and I hope they go on to really bigger recognition because uh, I think they're one of the most promising and fresh piano trios I've heard in a while. Yeah, I really hope that uh, American uh, listeners, and we have mostly listeners in America, yeah. are going to pick up on this. Spiral Trio, Broken Blue. Absolutely. I give that a listen. And listen to Yaka Organ Trio, Safe Place too. These guys were, we contacted them too. We talked to Yakovos and yeah. they were just all really friendly and very enthusiastic. And I just yeah. really liked their energy All the a lot. Greeks seem to know each other too, so... <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, so they really kind of yeah. they sold themselves well. The the adult music podcast yeah. is on their side. Next time, absolutely. I, next time I go back to Greece, I'm definitely going to check out the jazz scene. Jeez, uh, if we ever it. travel again, yeah, boy. If yeah, we'll have to do that. I, I'll go too. I'll have to go to. Uh, I, I love Greece. And, uh, yeah. Number seven, and my other big name on this on this uh, list is Cyrus Chestnut. Oh, okay. My Father's Hands mm. on the High Note label, episode 73, Heavy Hitters, July 25th. This is my jazz uh, piano recording of the year. And we heard a few good ones, but I just like his whole approach. He's got this sort of like gospel type style. It's very kind of easy on the ear as well as just very creative. And uh, I just really took to this a lot. Yeah, this one didn't make it on my mm. uh, f- last final list, but I really did enjoy this recording. Uh, I think I'm going to pick it up too. I, I, well, I, I actually already have it. Oh, did you? <laughs> okay. It's on high note. Yeah. And uh, I should say high note, I believe they price all their recordings at 15 US dollars, mm-hmm. which is a really nice 
kind of policy, I think, in this age mm. of streaming. Right. Uh, especially, if, you know, for me, you want to have the recording to listen to it most of all, but you don't need that anymore because we have CD quality streaming. Right. But you do want to support the artist and you do want to have it in your collection. Yeah, that's the thing for me because next year, I yeah. just won't be thinking of these records anymore. Right. But if they're on my shelf, I'll still yeah. go back to them. And know? I really do, but not at 40 or not for $50 a piece. Yeah. yeah. So $20 or so. Yeah, this is a great Cyrus Chestnut recording uh, dedicated to his father. Uh, he's got his normal uh, working trio, Peter Washington on bass, Lewis Nash on drums. Uh, there's some great tunes on here. Uh, the playing is, as you say, he's one of the... You know, few players that comes from a real gospel background. I believe his father was a deacon in the church. Maybe him and uh, Erica Reed, another player, who's actually recorded an album together with, come from more of a gospel background. But Cyrus Chestnut has that massive technique too. Um, just great playing. This is a really, really good album. And he also includes a couple of his, um, kind of at least at least one. He does uh, Yesterday. Beatles tune. Right, the Beatles tune. Yeah, yeah he, so he sometimes uh, has some interpretations of uh, pop tunes as well. Uh, yeah, excellent recording. Yeah, I, I like this one a lot too. Okay, number eight, Organic Ear Food. Uh, self-titled oh, okay. album, Organic Ear Food, on the Jazz Sick Records label from episode 80, Chambermaid, okay. on September 12th. That was a good episode. We had a lot of good things. This really intrigued me. This, the whole approach to it, the ensemble was... Rather unique sounding, and yet it was it wasn't it wasn't a hard listen, but at all it was just I really took to this, and have been listening to it ever since. Really, let's see, I've got to actually yeah uh, go back and look at my notes for this one. I do remember it well because it's uh, I don't have my notes for it okay. anymore. I kinda, oh, okay, yeah. that's yeah, it's a uh, Canadian uh, pianist Bernie Sineski, right, uh, who writes interesting tunes as well, but. This is uh, organ and vibes, right. which made it so cool. This is my only vibes recording on this yeah. list, yeah. And yeah, I mean, two things we really love, right? <laughs> yeah, because this had a lot of Sineski's original tunes on it. Mm. Uh, we got, uh, let's see, One Never Knows. It's a nice tune by him. It's got uh, my favorite things, Rogers Hammerstein. Uh, let's see, Every So Often, Bill Emmys. Uh, Blues for EJ. It's another Sineski tune. His tunes are really good. Yeah, and uh, it's it's got uh, it's all right with me. Cole Porter tune. He's a really great keyboard player. I like this. The reason I I picked this is because I knew his uh, piano playing going back to uh, Rob McConnell and the Boss Brass. Like when I was uh, in university playing in big bands, they were like mm. the cool big band from Toronto, and he had done recordings with them. But I didn't know his organ playing, mm. and we were. We both like organs so much, and I thought, well, Bernie Sineski on an organ, I want to hear this. And yeah, it's a really satisfying album, and it's got vibes too. So yeah, vibes and yeah. it's an odd combination. I was yeah, I was really taken by the yeah. uh, the whole sound of it. I I I was really the last uh, two. I was really like I had to leave so much out. I, I left a lot of the the kind of bigger mm. names out. And I went for like the more recent things because they're still in my ear. The first one is Matthias Strucken, I Loves You Porgy. Oh, okay. On the Jazz mm. Jazz label, episode 90, mostly made in Germany, uh, November 21st. I just love these interpretations of these, um, of, of these, you know, familiar tunes. And, uh, and, uh, 
you know, Strickland's playing and in general. So I, I'm still getting used to this. It's it's a really easy listen, I thought. And um Yeah. Yeah, this is a good one. Very appealing. And so is my tenth pick. Very appealing immediately. Okay. You want to go on? Or you want to say something about this? Uh, I'm trying to. Now you look for it. I'll give you number see, ten. Okay, let me see. Oh, I got it. This mm. is jazz, jazz. Uh, the vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is. I got a lot of vibes. I guess you know, organic you for loves you porgy. Yeah. This one I really liked as well. Let me see what my uh, final sayings of it. Oh yeah. Um, it's got his original tunes. Uh, interesting. The covered tunes are kind of interesting choices it's swinging bluesy yeah swinging gospely they're latin there's a shuffle tune on it as well uh he has lots of uh good technique this is one of the recordings we were talking about this earlier but sometimes when you have piano and vibes they're sort of yeah you don't need both they're sort of stepping on each other's toes not in the case here uh we had uh, guest guitar and sax for a little extra variety. I think the or- the arrangements were good. They separated the pro- the vibes and right. piano quite a bit, and they really worked well here. Yeah. Th- th- let's see. Oh, yeah. Sweet Emma Nat Adderley is on this uh, as well. Uh, West Montgomery's Road Song and his own original, the Bossorona. Yeah, this is a really good uh, recording for vibes fans. We did a lot. Of, we're always, Whenever I see vibes, I almost... Always do it. And the, of course, the, the one I listened to that hooked me on this was Used to Be Jackson, hmm. the uh, Milt Jackson kind of uh, yeah. tribute. So absolutely, yeah. Okay, my 10th and final pick. And uh, again, I just had to go for the Barry Sachs. Jason Marshall, New Beginnings, oh, yeah. Seller Live Recording, Episode 93, Subtle Sonics on December 12th. Just, this is um, really old school playing. Mm-hmm. It's swinging. It's got the baritone sax. It's actually recorded sort of to sound like a... A 60s type recording, except that they're not used, they're using like modern stereo. Right. But it does have that sort of, um, the, the whole kind of tone of the, of a, a 60s recording without the terrible recording mm-hmm. techniques they used. Very appealing from beginning to end. And, um, we just love that baritone sax, don't we? <laughs> well, yeah. I, I bought this one. I already have it actually. Oh, I don't have collection. it yet. Um, <laughs> still waiting. I called it uh, meat and potatoes post. It is meat and potatoes or yeah. barbecue, even better, as we're going to be having uh, in a while here. Right. Yeah, really good stuff. And well, we I re- mentioned it again in the last episode. I really like the combination. Well, first of all, Marshall's playing is just you know cranked up. Right. Uh, he's just can't wait yeah. to get those phrases out. Uh, he's got more than can almost fit uh, into. Uh, any one tune but what I liked about this was the choices uh, because he's got these sort of well-known sax tunes so you've got uh, Recorda Me by Joe Henderson Mm -hmm. but he adds this killer uh, kind of new riff Mm -hmm. uh, into it at the beginning uh, and it sounds big and bold on Barry and he brings that back into the tune uh, as part of you know coming back after the solos he's got a few standards on there Rogers and Hart, I could write a book. Right. But he's got Sonny Rollins' Erigen on there as well. Uh, these That and the Henderson of tunes we know from tenor, it just sounds that much more you know, bold and beautiful <laughs> on the berry yeah. uh, and bigger. Uh, Black Orpheus, uh, Louise Bonfa tune, another yeah. jazz standard. That sounds great. He's got a Mingus tune, Peggy's Blue Skylight. And his own original... Uh, the really bluesy dripping uh, Ms. Garvey, Ms. Garvey right. uh, from 
the Roy Hargrove big band uh, where they did an arrangement of that. And then what was really interesting was the Quincy Jones uh, Fallen Feathers, uh, which is a tune, I guess it's been recorded a lot of times, but uh, Cannonball Adderley, alto sax tribute to Charlie Parker because it comes from, the tune is built around the lick from Parker's mood, uh, a B-flat kind of blues improvised in 1948, but Quincy Jones made it into a whole kind right. of minor blues dedicated to him. And so it's just uh, from start to finish, right. a tight, exciting, uh, very sex recording. Yeah. Not a bad way to end the year with something, meat and potatoes, yeah. as we said. And, and my 11th pick, I'm really hoping oh, okay. that you chose because... <laughs> I really want it on the list. I was hoping to do some Harry Potter magic spell to get it in there. Oh. But I'll let you know what it is later. I want to see what you get. Oh, you want first. to see what I got? Yeah. Okay. I've got a whole bunch of them. I got too many. I couldn't. You, you uh, may hold have back, all so. of mine. I kind of hope right. so. But let me uh, see. Let me scroll back up to mm. the top of the jazz list and I'm just going to run through them quick. Uh, episode 50 that we referred to in our classical segment, First Anniversary Renaissance Men. This is the great Bill O'Connell. Uh, change is going to come. Got that on my list. Oh, okay. On the Savant. one I couldn't do. Yeah. There we go. Okay. So Bill O'Connell's, although Mr. O'Connell is not a very uh, uh, Latin sounding name. He's a master of Latin jazz. Uh, you want to hear uh, this one, uh, first one come out under his own name in a, a while. It's a great recording. Uh, shows uh, his great tastes, cool compositions. Uh, the musicianship is fabulous here. Uh, check out all the other recordings he's done uh Jazz Latin, uh, Bill O'Connell solo, and other ones. Uh, so this is just um, the one I've been waiting to hear for something new from him here, and this one doesn't disappoint. Yeah, uh, I was I was really surprised at how often I went back to this because I thought, oh, this is good. I, I like the really warm playing, mm-hmm. but it really it really hit like a spot in yeah. me, and I wound up going back to it quite often. So I did have that on my list. That wasn't my number eleven pick, though. I'll let you know what okay. it is when I go. All right, uh, let's see. I, I have to say it. It's another one of those more of the same, but it's when it's your favorite food, you can eat it every right. day. Yeah. Uh, Delvon Lamar Organ Trio, Cold as Weiss, uh, Coal Mine Records from episode 57. The Revolution, Ravelution will not be organized right. on April 4th. Uh, so you got more of the same uh, funky organ, uh, your favorite uh, blue, plates, blue plate special at the Greasy Diner. Uh, or in here in Japan, your yakitori shop. Yeah. Uh, it's greasy, smoky. It tastes good every time. Funky, bluesy organ. Anyone would like this music, uh, not even jazz fans, just because it's got those grooves. So. Yeah, the, the the only reason this isn't on my list is because I picked Yako Organ Trio. I didn't right. really want to start... Although that didn't stop me with the baritone sax right. and the vibe <laughs> yeah, recording, yeah, yeah. so I don't know what I was yeah. thinking. But yeah. again, I only had 10 choices, and those were the ones yeah. that were turning me on. So I did like this one a lot. That was really funky. Right. Uh, okay, a little more Danish jazz here. Thomas Fonisbach, along with hey, Piano Paisans, uh, yeah. Enrico Pieranunzi from mm. uh, Piano Paisans, Something Tomorrow on Storyville Records. This is just, I think I called it at the time, Effortless Mastery. Uh, good good word to describe it. Yeah, yeah uh, it's uh, great interplay, tight swinging, melodic ideas, uh, and with good form to it too, it yeah. had like a, yep. almost like a classical form. I felt like these compositions. It could double the length of any of the tunes with extended soloing. You'd still be just as interested. Uh, just these are European masters of American jazz, so mm-hmm. uh, I definitely recommend that one. 
from Piano Paisans. That's not on my list, but I did, again, right. I liked it a lot. All right, I'm going to highlight a lot of other ones that were New Discoveries players I never heard, Exploring the Globe. Uh, episode 66, the next one, Keyboard Seasoning. This is from June 6th. The Gabor Horvath Trio, huh. Hungarian pianist with an album called Tricks on Hunia Records. Uh, and a recording I really enjoyed. Uh, unusual meters and rhythmic playing with an uplifting spirit. Uh, all engaging original melodies from Horvath. Uh, I like this a lot. Each tune creates a unique atmosphere. Uh, it's based around magic, the idea of magic tricks yeah. that he likes to also perform as well. And some of the tunes incorporate uh, little musical elements that show up again and again. Uh, really nice bass work and subdivided drumming on this recording as well. It always puts me in a good mood when I hear this one. And so I was really glad to discover uh, some, we had some other Hungarian re- jazz recordings this year, but uh, Gabor Horvath Trio is uh, one of the more uplifting ones. Yeah, this one stood out for me too, but I was kind of, one of the ways I cut down the list was mm. um, by not including things that weren't on CD. And this one's unfortunately not on CD. I'm still hoping it'll come out because I did like it a lot. Oh, okay. Mm. Same episode. Mm-hmm. Opus 5, Swing On This, Crisscross Records. Oh, wow. Uh, a great quintet. I always like to hear these guys, Alex Sipiagin and my oh, favorite yeah. pianist, uh, Dave Kikoski. Uh, this was from May 20th, uh, or the album was released on May 20th. It doesn't really get any better than this for modern post-bop jazz. Uh, outstanding musicianship, great arrangements, action-packed solos, uh this group, I, I don't know, they have so many recordings out, but uh, this was a new one. Boris Kozlov on bass. Um, you got to hear this one. Uh, if you like, uh, you know, small group, really hard bopping jazz. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd like to, I like this. I think I may even have this one on a, on a CD. I, I think, think you I got did it order at the this time. one. Yeah. yeah. I haven't been listening to it though. I'll have to go back and hear it again. Okay. But I do remember like uh, Kikoski's like, Amazing creativity yeah, on the piano. Yeah. He really just has endless ideas. Yeah. It's really fantastic. All right. Uh, this is a definite, this is what maybe one of my top three. I, of the, I can of guess the what it is, I think. Okay. Uh, episode 67, A Trumpet Trist. I know what it is, yes. Uh, Tobias Wickland. Uh, yeah, this just Swedish missed my player. list too. A Silver Needle on Stunt Records. Actually, I should say uh, Cornet. Cornet is what he plays. Uh, and... I, I wrote in my initial notes, this will definitely make my best of the year list. That was in June. I knew already. Um, yeah, and you had said that to me, and that's why it wasn't on my list, because I only get you, 10. Oh, and I said, you oh, knew I was going to pick it, yeah. that, Which I don't really want to be doing, because I really, if I really loved it, right. I would have put it on. But I really wanted to get something else on. So um, a completely unique approach to jazz and um, trumpet or cornet playing, in this case here, uh, it's his style is partially from a time capsule, like getting in a lot of you know techniques and ideas Louis Armstrong used to use that we don't hear anymore. But also very modern in his harmonies mm-hmm. and uh, other type of playing. He also uses a lot of plunger mute. Uh, the compositions and arrangements here are interesting. And uh, also he incorporates on this album some really nice brass arranging too. There's some low brass uh, in here as well. Uh, The title, Silver Needle, is the name of a Chinese tea that he enjoys a lot. And that tune has a kind of wavering 
uh, melody that you know using a kind of you know so-called oriental sounding like a pentatonic type scale just a great fun recording really fresh and yeah my favorite trumpet recording of the year yeah I thought this was pretty great too stood out Let's see, episode 68, Keep Frenching Me Baby. And this would be uh, Matthew Mothere and Springbuck. And I have this evolutions. This was one of the ones I had to kind of leave out. off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, French Organ Quartet. I, I really like this one for uh, freshness. A lot of uh, mm. French jazz just has a really fresh quality. And here you got all original compositions by uh, Mothere. The arrangements are really good. I like the spaciousness in them. And I really like in this recording, you know, a lot of times you'll get a recording where one player stands out, like their personality dominates. Right. Or they just have a contrasting style of solos that stands out. Here I didn't feel that. And even uh, Martha Ray as the leader, he's not, a sh- you know, an outgoing kind of personality that's one of you know, be the dominant force. Even on his own recording, the balance was all really good. And uh, I really like the kind of uh, timbre choices. There's some bass clarinet on here too. And uh, yeah, just a a nice well-balanced recording of all new music. It's a familiar format with the organ, but the tunes are all new and fresh. Yeah. um, French, just like in classical music, French jazz musicians have their own sort of like sort of palette and take mm-hmm. on the form and they're yeah. always really interesting to listen to for me. I don't yeah. know what it is. That culture really fascinates me. I don't yeah. know. Mm. More vibes. Uh, episode 70 Summer Vibes from July 4th and this was one uh, Marco Pacassoni ah. Italian vibes player. Uh, Life and uh, yeah, we really enjoyed we this have a one. lot of vibes this Yeah, year. we do. We just, <laughs> it's hard to... Uh, to not pick uh, these. We also got John Patitucci on bass here. Uh, it's a really engaging recording with really incredible sound quality. Uh, nice original tunes that are catchy, very rhythmic, uh, lots of variety. Uh, he's got marimba and vibraphone on this recording. And Patitucci uses electric and acoustic bass. Uh, the grooves are really good. And uh, yeah, nice strumming on here from... Uh, is Pete Sanchez on this recording. So, yeah, one of my favorite vibes recordings of the year. Yeah, I remember liking this too at the time, but I haven't really re- revisited this one in okay. a lot. But uh, that's what uh, the days between Christmas and New Year are for. Uh-huh. So I'll be revisiting that as well. Okay, I got two trumpet picks next. Uh, going back to Heavy Hitters, episode 73. This is uh, Tom Harrell's Oak Tree. I knew you'd pick this one too, yeah. Yeah, Tom Harrow I've followed since I was in high school. I've seen him play numerous times, talked with him a few times. Uh, And he's been not in the best of health. Mm -hmm. He's in his 70s now. And I worried, uh, will he be able to come back and be on top form? And here he is in a quartet format. So he's not sharing the lines with the sax player. You know, he's got to play the melody and go right into the solo. So if your chops are tired or whatnot, it's going to show not in the case here. All original tunes, again, uh, you know, he's always been one of the most lyrical and melodic trumpet players and a very creative composer. And mm-hmm. here, this uh, doesn't disappoint. Uh, really nice release on High Note Records shows that he's still 
really in uh, top form. So all trumpet players should hear this. To hear the aged master. Yeah. And my next pick is on the other end. Yeah. Bursting new, right peas from the pod here. Chisare uh, Mecca. Ah. Yeah. This is another one that wasn't on a CD. Oh, yeah. It really killed me. Episode 74, yeah. Italian Explosion. Chisare <laughs> uh, Mecca on DDE Records, Shiny Hearts and Dusty Souls. He's a young Italian uh, trumpet player. But this recording uh, goes right back, paying respect to the 1960s, the old Blue Notes sound, uh, and earlier, uh, with really boppy and hard boppy tunes. He's got one Chick Korea tune on here, and uh, he also shows a flair for Horace Silver stylized tunes in his own compositions. His trumpet playing is swingingly melodic with fun ideas. Really, uh, the saxes on here is good. and uh, pianist Parazzo on here is good. Uh, we're going to hear the uh, sax player uh, that's on here, uh, another Italian uh, veteran coming up in the next episode. Oh, looking so, forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but a young player rooted in the past coming up. Italy's got a lot of great jazz musicians, trumpet players especially. Uh, check that one out. Hmm. All right. We're going to stay in the brass, go to Bones. And this is trombone michael deese best next thing excellent positone from episode 75 rags and other american riches uh we talked about deese's previous release in the in the year before and here he's with the uh, top positone sidemen here uh but it's uh let's see he's getting some tunes from claudio roditi uh sonny rollins here uh got uh alex sipiogen on here and this recording led us to uh, a discussion on our interview with Rudresh Mantapa, who's mm. got a couple solos from outer space <laughs> on this recording. <laughs> he really too. does. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Royston Kozlov, uh, drums and bass. Uh, I, I think this is the record with the, the solo of the, the jazz solo of the year. Oh. Um, Gramophone always picks, uh, uh, <laughs> no, the Grammy Awards always have a, an award for the best solo. But I'm telling you right now, the, the we had a choice of two. Well, yeah. I don't remember what the other one was now I forgot, but this one really stood out. Yeah. Was um, Deese's uh, solo following um, Rudrish Mahantapa yeah. Yeah, yeah. on the very last track on the album. Yeah. I, I, I believe it was. Like, listen yeah. to that. It's really incredible. When you got to follow Rudrish Mahantapa <laughs> and all you have is a slide. Uh, <laughs> no, really. But he, uh, he impresses. He, he was that. very yeah. impressive. Yeah. So definitely check that out. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, we do. We. We do love organ, and we always picking organ releases. I'd be remiss if I didn't shout out this just for coming out of, uh, I don't know if it's really retirement, but uh, everyone's memory. And so that's Ronnie Foster's reboot um, on Blue Note Records from episode 76, Essential Organs. Uh, No one's heard from Ronnie Foster in a long time, but he showed he still has it. Uh, it's a fun collection here. It's got blues, uh, Latin, uh, Santana kind of vibe in here, R&B. His organ sounds captivating. Uh, his son is uh, on drums here, and he's got some Latin percussion as well. Uh, a really good, uh, at least there's a little f- uh, flamenco-influenced guitar from uh, Jerry Lopez, uh, an entertaining uh, recording organ is seems to be coming back again. Unfortunately, yeah. we lost Joy DeFrancisco this year, but uh, there's a lot of good recordings, and it was good to hear that Ronnie Foster still has 
you know, the bounce and uh, excitement in his playing. Yeah, I think maybe it's because of this record, but uh, I think Ronnie Foster's very first album was re-released this year as well on right. a physical format. So you can mm. even go back to hear that as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The 78 or something. I forgot the title of it. Mm. It's like a real classic Blue Note one. Yeah. Okay, I know you're going to like this one too because you bought it and I want to get my hands on it. Uh, Episode 77, Poetry Passport. Uh, That's from August 22nd. Todd Marcus. That's my number 11. There it is. I couldn't get it on. I'm so happy you picked this. In the Valley, uh, Stricker Street Records, uh, Baltimore-based bass clarinetist, uh, whose uh, father has uh, Egyptian background, and he incorporates that into his uh, jazz compositions and getting all those interesting modes and things in there. Mm. It's a really engaging recording. Uh, great horn arrangements is what stood out to me with all of the counter lines and rich blends of different woodwinds. Unique harmonies, great solos here uh, all around, uh, and Marcus's bass clarinet playing uh, stands out and we love bass clarinet so if you haven't heard yeah. this definitely check this it's out it's really unique yeah. with those modes you know the yeah. modal kind of you know harmony that yeah. he uses too I just loved it exciting arrangements that should have been on my top 10 really oh. but I couldn't I, I felt like I had to go with the ones I had you know <laughs> let's see next uh, one of the standout uh, unique sounding recordings gets get some guitar in here uh Calvin Keys. Excellent choice. Episode 81, Summer Strummin'. That was September 19th. Uh, Calvin Keys' Blue Keys on Wide Hive Records. Uh, This is a recording. Great grooves and looseness to the tunes with a huge Mm. bluesy influence. Uh, The arrangements seem to have a lot of space to just let things evolve uh, as they happen. So you get a real fresh and spontaneous sound going here. Keys is a master of great riffs, uh, lots of surprising ideas, varied tones. Uh, We got some uh, two trombone players, uh, Steve Touré guests on here, another trombone player as well. Gary Bartz uh, has got some subtle guesting on uh, alto sax, Uh, Touré brings his conch shells along uh put this one on with a good glass of whiskey very funky fun and well done that was my concluding notes for Mm. this one you want to check it out Mm. and that'll just segue into uh teray's own generations uh that's on smoke session records also came out uh this summer this is episode 82 bon appetit of course trombone Mm. that is it's another great release from Touré. i have most of his recordings uh Great original tunes, cool arrangements here. The idea is we've got several elder statements, statesmen now, Ture and Buster Williams, Ed Cherry, and uh, they bring in uh, young players. Uh, the pianist here, Thompson, just graduated Juilliard in 2019. Ture's son, Orion Ture, is on uh, here as well on drums. And Wallace Roney Jr. Anyone over here, Jr., you know, uh, Wallace Roney Sr., a famous... Uh, jazz trumpeter. His son is a really uh, interesting player, very intelligent uh, approach to his solos. And, you know, got the, the conch shells again. I can never get enough of Steve Therese's trombone playing. Right. And uh, this was a really good one too. Uh, a couple, my my big band pick, we, uh, we it was hard to choose here because uh, we do like Stephen Feifke a lot. Yeah, and, I know uh, you're a big, big fan. You used to play in yeah. like ensembles like um, this, right? But my pick for this year, uh, 
from episode 83, Beefy Beethoven and Big Band, is the Dave Sloniker Big Band, a convergency on Origin Records. Um, It's a long recording, but it's all original music and really well arranged by Sloniker. The musicianship is fabulous on here, uh, showing all these tonal varieties and palettes from flute to bass clarinet, bass trombone, using all the mute combinations of the brass. Uh, it's And it has, you know, if, if you know the big band repertoire, you're going to get hints of, um, you know, famous big bands in the past. You're going to get the Gil Evans and, uh, yeah. you know, little kind of, homages to those type of things but it's all fresh and uh, there's a it's an hour and 20 minutes about uh, yeah. fresh this is when i'll music. have to revisit i don't really remember yeah. it very well, well i have to go back yeah, yeah. It, it's hard to stick in the mind because it's all there's no standards or anything else on there so hmm. but i think it's worth the investment okay okay a few more uh, i got jump. two i've got two more that you didn't mention yet so i'm okay. curious I got to see if you'll more. do them uh piano cerebral keys episode 84 uh from October 10th, uh, German pianist Matthias Bublath, Orange Sea on Yellowbird Records. That's one of them. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, just a fabulous piano trio recording, maybe second to Spiral Trio for me uh, this year. He's, Bublath is a real complete pianist, uh, and in all aspects, the solos are great, complex harmonic ideas. Uh, light touch. Uh, the compositions range from very boppy to swingy. There's Latin feels, a little uh, gospel in here too. And uh, the the trio he has here, Kudek and Lettner, they work together uh, really well. Now I know that he also has a big band and organ group, and I want to hear those too. I haven't had time to get around to them, but I think this is a, a fabulous pianist mm. uh, and I want to check out more from. Okay, uh, we did a an episode uh, featuring a lot of Mingus work. So I had to pick one. Oh, I, they're, they're all good, but I went Latin. I went uh, Conrad Herwig, uh, the Latin side of Mingus. I, did, I went for uh, a different one. Oh, you went Thank for you. the other one. I okay. went for the fill on one. Oh, okay. That was great too. Yeah. Um, I just, this is a series that uh, uh, Herwig has done the Latin side of uh, a right. lot of jazz names. And so this one I liked because uh, it's got Bill O'Connell, in it, there's a uh, sort of recitation from Ruben Blades as well. Um, also, we've got Randy Brecker um, and uh, also Alex Sipiagin on this recording too. So all my favorite players, I just had to give a, a shout out to it. Okay. You wanted the other one though, yeah. Yeah, I wanted the Meditations on Mingus, Ethan, Philon on Sunnyside. Yeah. From the same uh, episode, episode 85, Joy and Meditations, October 17th. I just like the arrangements a lot. Okay. They were kind of... There, there was a little more wildness to it, and I liked this the whole that was really compositional good approach to it. You know? I could have gone either way with it, really. Yeah. Well, there's only one recording I have left on my all my jazz picks that I rejected that you haven't mentioned yet. Oh, okay. But uh, I got a few going. more. I got Go a few ahead, more. Keep to going. Go. Let's see if it comes. Okay. Up. Um, this is a big name that's going to be on all the lists, but it's still on mine because I like it. Could be this. This could uh, be the one. View with a room. No. Uh, Julian Lodge, Blue Note. I did like this um, though. Yeah. Mm. Great. Bill Frizzell and mm. Julian Lodge. Uh, Julian Lodge is always fun to listen to, a very uplifting player. And as we said, Bill Frisell, as much as he tries to give the spotlight to Julian Lodge, <laughs> he can't help but put his stamp on the he recording. He really is, so, uh, has some um, presence. Yeah. Really uh, great, free-flowing, uh, wonderful recording. Uh, all guitarists probably already heard this. Check it out. 
All right, another trumpet player, one of my favorites, and I think one of the best in the world, uh, Fabrizio Bosso. Yeah. Uh, we wonder. I was looking at this one too. This okay. isn't the one I have on the list though, but. Um, this yeah. is from episode 88, Horns of Plenty, November 7th. Uh, we wonder on WM Italy Records. We wonder, Stevie Wonder, of course, um, a tribute to Stevie Wonder's music that uh, Bosso loved from listening to it as he's growing up. And we've got uh, great clarinet on this one as well. Interesting arrangements. It's all uplifting, fun. Um, a great Sir Duke on here. I can remember uh, that arrangement at <laughs> super speed. Um, yeah, check this one out if you don't know Fabrizio Bosso. My other vocal pick, actually, I've got two more. Uh, we mentioned Catherine Russell. This, the, there are going to be a lot of links on this episode. Yeah, there are going to be. Uh, Samara Joyce, a uh, new one, Linger a While. Uh, oh, yeah, that was yeah. nice. I liked it a lot. On Verve. Yeah. This was in episode 89, Swingers. Uh, we covered her debut last year, also with Pasquale Grasso right. on uh, guitar. Grasso is a little more subtle here, and Samara Joy has matured from all of her musical touring, and uh, she's still very young, but uh, she's showing great growth. Um, a real classic jazz singer. You know, if you like Sarah Vaughan and uh, Ella Fitzgerald and that era, hear her spirit reborn in a new, young, fresh jazz singer. So definitely check that out. Uh, we're going to get vocals and Barry Sax, another sax. Uh, we love Barry Sax here, so this had to make the list. But I, actually, I chose this one for the compositions. This is Gary Smullyan's. Tad's All Folks ah, on Steeplechase. Yeah. And uh, this is from the same episode, uh, Swingers. Uh, just because it's all Tad Dameron compositions, some of which have never been recorded before. And so you definitely want to check uh, this one out. Um, it, Tad Dameron had a huge uh, you know, stamp on everything from bebop and uh, beyond. And you've got uh, Anais Reno. Uh, the young vocal phenomenon singing these songs that there's not really any other recordings to go and uh, right. look on. A lot of them uh, have lyrics with other uh, lyricists or Demeron wrote some of his lyrics, but they were never actually recorded uh, vocally. Um, so as a examination and deep dive into some of Demeron's music, and some of these tunes are really great. They, any one of them could have become a standard on its own. And uh, Smolian's uh, Barry Sachs playing is great. Okay, let's see if I'm going to hit this other one that you've got here. Um, episode 91, Low String Theory. Nope. This was a bass <laughs> one. Uh, Santi Debriano and Orchestra Bimbe. Wow. Um, Jojo Records from Low String Theory, November 28th. Uh, great all original music from uh, Santi Debriano. The arrangements here are great. Um yeah, this this we just listened to this recently. It's like only a month ago, but a really fun recording. It's all about the arrangements here, I thought, and a wonderful bass playing, a huge sound from Debriano. Uh, let's see. Uh, you got anything else? This one. Okay, I got two more. All right. Episode 93, Subtle Sonics. Okay. December 12th. Ooh, recent. Uh, this is just one. This is This is another one I just wanted to get in because... 
like the Greek recordings and uh, like the Helga, Helga Plankensteiner, uh, would have never found out about this. I still don't know much about uh, this guy at all, but this recording, the more I listen to it, I like Alexis Liuko Trio. Um, okay. Finland uh, Piano Trio, uh, all original compositions. Hmm. This uh, is some very interesting, fabulous piano playing, rhythmically engaging, hmm. difficult meters. And um, it's on Eclipse Music, uh, Super Sounds Music. Oi, oh, why that is. Uh, I don't know how to get a CD of this. I can't find it anywhere. But yeah. um, if you want to uh, hear some very interesting uh, music and what's going on in Finland, uh, apparently Luko also writes for big band and uh, other things as well. So check out that name. I'm going to be looking for him in the future. I'll keep looking for a CD for this one too. All right, and... Uh, it's Christmas Day, and okay. so the standout uh, recording for this holiday season, it's all your Christmas music in one. And, well, if you haven't heard it yet, you've definitely got to hear it and get it for next year. Anyway, this comes from episode 82, Christmas Music, You'll Be Merry, Winter or While by Robert Hicks. Uh, yeah, I love this one too. Velocity Records. Uh, Robert Hicks, who's... Uh, pianist and vocalist mainly and you know he does um uh, things like uh it's hard to say really jazz standards kind of like a chet baker style vocalist but he's really given his all and shown his great skill with arranging on this album it's got 36 musicians on it there's everything from string quartet to big band to uh all, it's just Hard to explain. You just go back and listen. I spent a lot of time to go through every track on this on episode 82. Um, but just listen to the recording. It's a, a complete Christmas uh, and winter holiday journey, including uh, new compositions. So right. winter a while and, and a holy holiday. My personal favorite here. Ho- holy holiday. Holiday hula. Holy holly holiday hula. hula. Yeah. About yeah. Christmas in Hawaii. Yeah. It sounded very appealing to me just so much fun it took him more than a year to do all the arrangements on this album Uh, and you got the cd right i have the cd now it's actually a beautiful package too it folds out into three it's got all these kind of like sort of photos of uh i guess holiday decorations inside a house on the on the inside Mm. it's really nice i it's good production too good value there and i'm happy it is because it cost a lot because it came 40 bucks or something right that was less than that it was like more like 30 but that's still a lot i think yeah Um, but worth having i think i'll enjoy this every year absolutely right all right, now you didn't get. To I didn't my, get your one. What, you didn't what's, get one. What's I'm going to trade. I'm going to trade out one of my other ones from the top ten because I feel like this should be on the list. Um, Doug Webb, the message. Oh, okay. Um, from uh, episode sixty-five, action-packed yeah. sax on May thirtieth. Yeah. Brian Charette plays the organ on this yeah. one too, and we both loved it. And I, I didn't put it on the list because like, okay, this is one of the ones. Oh, okay. I was hoping you'd pick Todd Marcus, and you did, but then I thought this one you'd definitely pick, and you didn't. Oh. So I really liked this one. A lot. All those saxophones. It was just great. This is yeah. great. And mm. uh, there's there's two sax players on this one, there, isn't there? There are three. Yeah. Or three, that's right. Yeah. I'm trying to remember back. But what I what I do remember in my mm. mind is that YouTube video that I <laughs> threw in with the episode where Doug Webb plays like his collection of over 100 woodwind instruments all on yeah. one song. And mm. uh, if you haven't seen that, 
Oh boy, yeah, I uh, like this one right dangerous. away, and you actually bought the CD really oh, okay. immediately afterwards. So I was kind of, and I was. This is one of those ones I thought, ah, okay, I won't put this one on because Russell pick uh, it. I did enjoy it. it a lot. I yeah. did enjoy As it a lot. As you say, ah, oh, there's so much to pick from. Over 300 recordings. Yeah. And the, but a lot of the jazz ones this year were really really good. So as were the classical ones. Mm. Um, yeah. I'd like to give a. So we're done with the jazz now. Right? That's it. That's All my right. list. Yep. Just a few shout outs. It was a really wonderful year for us. We um we grew a little bit as mm. a podcast, and we got in touch with a lot of jazz musicians. And not all that many classical ones, but one or two of them did contact us, and I really appreciated hearing from them. I guess the classical musicians, they have more walls. There's layers of uh, contact. Yeah. This is true in jazz, too. Like We didn't get to talk to Catherine Russell or to um, any of the bigger names, like Charles Lloyd. They're... They're they're older and they have agents and yeah, it's yeah. sort of hard to get to them. But in this case, though, we did hear from um, uh, Paulo Oliveira, who did an album called Iberian Impressions on Odredeck Records again. Right. Uh, and uh, he wrote to us briefly telling us that he wanted to talk about um, what we said about his album. And what I said about it is that we really liked his uh, idiomatic yeah. uh, Spanish playing. Uh, this was on episode 72, We Hear Ya Iberia on July 18th and uh, but we thought that the sound quality was dry and he wanted to make some comments about that and then he never got back to us so if he's listening I hope he'll uh, uh, give us send us a message we did yeah. enjoy the album and we do recommend it but just keep in mind that you know as long as the, the sound quality isn't going to bother you it's really great playing and uh, I want to also mention uh, Mirko Palazzi the baritone on the album oh, yeah. uh, Venite a Intender a music on Dante's verses uh, which he recorded with uh, Marco Scolastra on piano on the Leonardo label. And we talked about that on episode 77, Poetry Passport, on August 22nd. Hmm. Um, he wrote to us after a review in which we liked the material, but not really the recording so much. <laughs> and he sent us a live video recording of the material, which was really much better. Yeah, was, that was better. Than the sound of performance. It's a shame that didn't wasn't released as to the CD. Record, yeah. um, so you can check that out on YouTube. Actually, it's there. Mirko Palazzi, um, the concert of that mm. material. So we recommend it. And if you're a big uh, fan of Dante and Italian culture like I am, this is really yeah. uh, music that you'll really enjoy. So I'll just put that out there. Um, also, the Renitsky Project by uh, our friend Daniel, Daniel Bernardson. Bernardson, who we met this year. He came to Japan. Yes. We went out for some... Uh, some delightful uh, Japanese cuisine. Yeah. Yeah. So and we'll, we'll uh, he hand-delivered us that uh, recording. He hand-delivered us the recording on the uh, CPO label, right. which is uh, Symphonies 37, Opus 3750 and 51 by the NDR Radio Philharmonie, conducted by Ralph Gupta on the CPO label. We talked about that on episode 90, mostly made in Germany on November 21st. And he let us know that there are at least two more Reniski recordings coming out in either winter or spring next right. year. So we have that to look forward to. Keep looking for those. I'll also give a shout out to the Naxos release, um, Orchestra Works Volume 4 um, by Renitsky, uh, performed by the Czech Phil Chamber Philharmonic Orchestra Pardubis, uh, conducted by Marek Stilich, um on the Naxos label. We talked about that on episode 61, Mallet Maestros on May yeah. 2nd. Now, these aren't going to be on the links, but keep... Because uh, yeah, we have too many of those. But keep them in mind, all of these. And go back and listen to our interview with uh, Daniel and Marek from last year, if you haven't right. heard it yet. Yeah. Get on the Ranitsky train. I just want to say to Marek, uh, hi, Marek, I uh, hope you're doing well, really yeah. enjoying the recordings. Okay? Yeah, we didn't them, get to meet him. But keep them coming. Okay. Yeah, we definitely uh, want yeah. to hear more Ranitsky. 
Yeah. Yeah, keep them coming. We're looking forward to Reniski. This was really the year we would have, I think, discovered Reniski yeah. regardless, Daniel, because of that Harmonia Mundi recording. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, this was um, a lot longer than last yeah. year's. What happened to us? Well, we had a yeah. lot more episodes and I think just really good music this year. So. We had a lot of great jazz this year. I was really turned yeah. on by a lot of the jazz I heard. And I think uh, the post, uh, th- there's that little week between Christmas and New Year's where there's nothing to do and this is just um, an Mm. ideal time to actually reacquaint myself with a lot of this music I don't some of it I don't really remember I have to really go back and hear it it was hard to remember everything I have to say other than the ones that really stood out but uh, just a little revisit and say oh yeah that one Mm. and then I wanted to listen to it again and I felt that way about a lot of recordings so yeah all right, there you have it. The our 2022 comes to a close. We will be back with you in the new year on January 1st. As yeah. it turns out. And mm. well, I don't know what can we say. I've already with, listened with to more all, recordings from this year. Yeah. We'll be doing those for a while. I've already listened to all the classical and it's all really good yeah. uh, for that. And uh, I've got some sex for the new year mm. for uh, things want, to start out. So I want to say for the new year while we are waiting for a lot of the um new releases to get going i've last year we talked we did a lot of themed episodes and what wound up happening as a result of that is i didn't get in a lot of the contemporary composers i wanted to Mm. get in so i feel like this is my opportunity now in january february i'm going to try to get some of that new classical music going i really feel like we need to be listening to contemporary composers because a lot of people say oh classical music it's dead and yeah it's dead in the sense that it's not really moving the culture in any way but there's still really interesting music being made Mm. uh compositionally and i think we should be hearing it so i'm going to be talking a little bit about some of that yeah i don't know jazz is just always coming out and i'll try to uh keep expanding my independent labels fantastic starting with uh, something i haven't done yeah, and yeah. Uh, in the next episode, we've got some Bulgarian jazz. That How's was a that good record. You? I heard that already. Yeah, yeah I okay. gave that a listen already. So so glad you like that. We've got some mm. Bulgaria. We've got some America and Italy. And uh, yeah, the records just keep coming. There was I put on Facebook today that there was like 20-some new releases, even on Christmas Eve, they're Amazing. still coming out. So yeah. just got to keep on top of it and try to keep getting the best and also the widest variety of new things uh, so I can t- keep telling you that a lot of the stuff that I'm going to pick and talk about you're not going to hear anywhere else or it's going to take a while before other people get to it so well there it is it's time to celebrate Christmas so off we go I'm going to go light the fire <laughs> and we're going to open the bottles and uh, we're going to have a nice little festival we wish you were all here yeah but until next <laughs> actually time. if they actually showed up we'd probably wish they weren't but yeah. anyway we'll just leave <laughs> yeah. we'll just leave you with that yeah, in uh, spirit that, anyway. in spirit Maybe anyway in yeah spirit. <laughs> and uh so thanks uh to brother rich my brother rich yeah it's richard richard vezuto my brother fast signs of staten island yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks for the glowing logo and uh yeah wish you were here for uh, our christmas feast yeah he, well. he actually wishes well, we were there because i think he does like this big spread for ah, the family that'd be nice so, yeah could do a nice uh, Italian, yeah, Christmas it's very spread. Italian. That would be good. <laughs> but I could enjoy that. Italian, anyway. when it, whenever when you're not when you're a hyphenated American, like Italian American, it's like Italian, but it's the Hollywood version of Italian. So it's that amplified to like massive portions. Oh, yeah, so that's what it's like. Yeah. Not, can't say I don't miss it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, check out those other three podcasts that you'll find links for 
right as we sign off here. I'll put those uh, promos uh, up there. And we'll be back with uh, episode 96, uh, first episode of 2023. That'll be released on New Year's Day, a week from now. And uh, after this episode goes up, I'll get up the playlist for that. This episode, uh, I didn't release the playlist ahead of time because it's supposed to be a surprise what our yeah, best picks are. It's really not. I went but, a little conservative, but I'm going to go because I have like a little message for the listeners for the new year okay. when we do it. That's why I did it this way. But we'll be getting a little more adventurous pretty quickly. So, All right. Okay. So if you made it to the end uh, and you haven't heard any of these recordings, you've got something to do yeah. over the break on the way to uh, the family's house, uh, grandmother's house, got some time, downtime. Yeah, fill it up with some good music. Uh, click on the links, download them to your phone. Although, if you're listening to this podcast and you're an actual adult, you're probably doing all the preparations yourself. Yeah, could be. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if you're uh, mom or dad in the kitchen, uh, get some uh, little helper. You know, a little yeah. shot over. You could put on the side as you're uh, mashing those potatoes. Yeah, I got lots um, of those. Get the Sonos speaker or the uh, the Sonos oh. the headphones or whatever you've got to uh, get you through the holiday preparations. And, yeah, we should, we should mention we are big proponents of Dolly speakers on this yeah. uh, podcast, but those are pretty high end. So, well, whatever. There, there are some do the do the best you can. Ones, I guess. Yeah, but, they've uh, got all ranges now. So, yeah. check out the good music, and uh, we'll be thinking of you as we go celebrate Christmas now. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, we'll be back again in 2023 yeah. with the new episodes of music. So until then, keep listening and we see you for episode 96. Yeah. Enjoy the music, everybody. Gerald Albright, Maria Schneider, Charlie Hunter, Duke Robillard, Sean Jones, Walter Beasley, Steve Swallow. Something Came From Baltimore is a jazz, blues, and R&B podcast and radio show, and it's not really about Baltimore. Subscribe to the podcast and listen to your favorite artist, or future favorite artist that something came from Baltimore and be a part of that Be More music scene. Joe Lovano, Jeff Coffin, Paula Cole, Denuso Makatani, Ann Passio, Chess Smith, Thumbscrew, mostly. Hi, jazz fans. This is the founder and host of Neon Jazz, Joe Domino. It's both a weekly radio show and interviews with musicians from all over the world, like the Netherlands, New York City, and back to Kansas City, the home of Neon Jazz, covering the rich history and modern world of jazz in a fresh way, featuring interviews with the likes of Arturo Sandoval, Sonny Rollins, Maria Schneider, and countless others. Find our weekly show on Mixcloud. Subscribe to the interviews via iTunes and YouTube. We are Neon Jazz. Same difference. Two jazz fans, one jazz standard. A review of a single jazz standard through music, history, and stories. And this is AJ. And this is Johnny. If you are a jazz fan and you like jazz standards, bebop, show tunes, ballads, you name it. Yeah, we've got them here. We drop a new show on you every other week, and we take a standard, and we listen to a few different versions of it. Same difference. Come join the fun. Looking forward to seeing you.